0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Are you ready?
0: you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready
2: out to the masters
1: break it down
0: DGN Nation fam, what is going on? What is happening? It's the DGN Nation podcast. We're coming at you this week with episode 100. And Matty already starting it off lit. If you caught that little tidbit there at the beginning, he's talking about stand-ups. He's getting hyped. Kev's got the red background. We got D-Bro once again back uh, for another show. And how fitting is it to have Derek on for episode 100? DGN Nation fam, we're getting after it. It's the NFL DFS Championship Breakdown here on the DJ Nation, powered by the Fantasy Authority. You can follow the Fantasy Authority at FF underscore authority on Twitter. I'm Ryan Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanAlexander_W. underscore w. I already teased our guest for this week, Derek Brown, coming in at DBro_FFB underscore FFB is where you can find him on Twitter. It's a bittersweet week for Derek, and we'll get to that after the introductions. The godfather, Kevin Steele himself, uh, repping the KC area. Child, please, at rap 13 is where you can find him on Twitter. And then we got your boy. Maddie gets buckets. Maddie 2v2. Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. That's Maddie Dickinson. Boys, it's championship week. It's episode 100. How are we feeling today?
3: Fucking fantastic. Hey, I got a question. Who, who team here is still in the playoffs? Whose team? Still oh, the playoffs.
2: geez. But, hey, that. but Ryan's <laughs> team just uh, picked up Dwayne Haskins. Damn hater. I
0: swear, man. Yeah, we in the news. We in the news with Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> oh God. that ain't a good thing, baby. That ain't a good thing. Oh jeez. Oh geez. Yeah. Hey hey Kev though, I mean Bill's coming into Arrowhead, you know. It's yeah, been man, a Josh, lot, of matter. lot of talk.
3: The Bills could suck my dick. I'm so tired of hearing about the fucking Bills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm just You know, you're starting to see all this stuff, and like it, it's starting to feel like <laughs> Patriots now. And everybody's got to find something to try to, you know, well, is this team better than them? Is this, you know, now I'm starting to see is Josh Allen better than Pat? Get the fuck out of here. Josh Allen can't hold fucking Patrick Mahomes fucking jockstrap. Get the fuck out of here. This motherfucker had one year, and all of a sudden now everyone's all hyping Josh Allen. Listen, Josh Allen had a great <laughs> year. Not taking nothing away from him, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the fucking league, and there ain't nobody else. It's him, and then everybody else below him.
0: You know it's going to be a lit show when Kevin goes full on Eminem LP trying to drop as many motherfuckers as he can within a, within a 5 minute period. We got, we period got some Wim biscuit, hot dog, yeah. 56 F bombs in one song. He, he he wired. Ready. Ready. Hey, so, it's wired. We them steel
3: in the house.
0: Oh, DJ Nation fam, it's going to be a wild one. We got episode 100 here for you guys. A lot of fun going on. And I kind of tease that it's a bittersweet week for you, Derek, just because, you know, the Saints, Drew Brees retiring. uh, They were they lost to Tom Brady, Tom Brady yet again in the conference championship. Just unbelievable. But you know, you got that news that you dropped this week about being represented FSWA, the Fantasy Writers, uh, the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, there for being nominated for DFS Writer of the Year. So that's pretty, that's pretty special, man. We're happy to have hey, you man. on for this week.
1: Oh, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I, I, I gotta throw it out here. Like I'm as surprised as y'all are. Like I, did, <laughs> I threw my oh, name I'm on that. Way. I did not think that that was gonna happen. So I mean, I'm not trying to be humble. I'm just being real, dude. Like, nine times out of ten, did not think that that was going to happen or my name was going to be called for that final table. So, dude, I'm I, i, I I'm as surprised as everybody else. I, I, I love it. I mean, I'm not going to say, like, after getting mentioned with it, I don't want to take it home. I mean, of course, everybody wants to win the damn thing. So, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I'm loving it, man. I mean, after um, – y'all know better than most, after the last few weeks and months, a long freaking season, a long fuck 2020 – You know, like, it's been real, man. Like, that was one of those things, like, where that came out earlier today, and I was like, whoa, man. Like, it really made a whole lot of those nights and weekends and stuff like that for those 3 a.m. and not sleeping and stuff and just being like, what are we doing here, baby? Like, it made all that stuff worth it, man, so I appreciate that.
0: Hell yeah. No, we appreciate you, you know, taking the time. We know last week you couldn't be on because you were grinding that content um for sure. But we appreciate you coming into the chat as always. And it's it's always nice to have you on here. You know, we gotta we gotta go three on one with Kev and put him in his place. So anytime you could be on, brother, we'll I'll definitely wait. have you. always always hey shout out to sean goglin in the chat man uh congratulating us on a on 100 shows man sean we appreciate that appreciate everybody who's in the chat man if you guys are uh, watching on the youtube channel go over there and subscribe to the channel like the videos man we got a lot of dynasty content that's been coming around uh for for the season and the offseason, um, as we get into 2021. Hell, Kev's even talking about getting in on some of these rookie profiles and doing some videos on, on some of the guys that he's liking. So you know it, you know it's getting lit over there. And we hopefully, you know, can have some more dynasty content for you guys, some best ball content and things like that in the offseason. We we're not trying to sleep on you. Uh, We're just going to go into something else. So that's what's up. And then also, you know, check out the website, too, fantasyauthority.com. CJ Lang just dropped a uh, an article about Chris Olave staying there at Ohio State um, and not going into the draft. So a lot of stuff going on at the Fantasy Authority. We appreciate that. You guys can subscribe to the channel for more content. But let's get into the D-Gen Nation pod, and let's get into championship weekend as there's only four teams left standing, guys. We got two games slate here on Sunday um, kicking off there that early game, uh, which I believe is the the NFC game there uh, with the uh, Packers taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then we got the Bills taking on the Chiefs on the late slate. I mean, a, a whole lot to unpack. So, I mean, you know, we could go ahead and just get into the slate, right? So quarterback position, I mean th- – well, first of all, I mean, these are the games that we want to see. Right. I mean, I, Derek, you know, pour one out for the Saints. I I, I feel you. But, you know, finally getting Rodgers uh, against Brady in the playoffs. I'm definitely excited about that. Excited to see what the Bills can bring um, with the Chiefs. You know, I've, everything's been made about concussion protocol for Pat Mahomes. Right. Pat Mahomes comes in at the highest priced quarterback on the slate. He's seventy six hundred. And then the rest of the pricing. Um, Just on the slate in general is pretty soft. And we're only talking about two games here. We always talk about Maddie's always good about looking at contrarian plays and kind of thinking about guys who are off the radar. And this slate kind of presents itself to where I was talking with some people on Twitter just about leaving salary on the table, I think is a contrarian way you can attack it because of the pricing being so soft. And you got the quarterbacks, they're priced the way you would think they would be as far as rank. You know, Pat Mahomes at the top. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I've seen a lot of people talking about Aaron Rodgers being at 6,500 this week, um, coming in at that price tag, going against this Tampa Bay funnel defense, right? Quote, unquote, um, that they just have been uh, stopping the run at will. Uh, Vita Vea coming, you know, possibly being activated and playing in this game. So, um Matty, let's let's start it off with you, man. I kind of want to see where your head's at this week for the quarterback position, knowing that we always do this usually on Thursday and there's a lot to unpack here. But um, you you kind of always come at it from a different angle. So I'm curious to see. I mean, that I builds right now. It takes me to Pat Mahomes if he's playing, um, hoping that the ownership can be low on him at his high price. What are you thinking this week at the quarterback position? So with
2: the running backs priced like they are, I don't think his quarterback price is going to be an issue. And I think everybody's going to play Pat Mahomes. I want to play Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers has a chance to be the highest scoring raw point quarterback on the slate. Um, and that's not that's not a knock to Mahomes at all. That's just I think Rodgers is in that good of a spot. Uh, and we know that he's got a monster ceiling. I mean, uh, Vita Vay is coming back for Tampa Bay. So a, a pass funnel defense just turned into more of a pass funnel. Um, and, and Tampa Bay's pass defense is not very good. They've just, you know, played some weak competition this year, um, and they've they've been torched in games where they face good quarterbacks. So uh, 6,500 for Aaron Rodgers on a slate, like you said, where pricing really doesn't matter. I think everybody is going to try to get up to Mahomes and Allen, and I think that AFC game is going to be much higher owned uh, than the NFC game outside of, like, your Devontae Adams one-off. But, I mean, you stack up Rodgers, and his prices are cheap, so you can still – get exposure to those Chiefs and, and Stephon Diggs type of plays, um, even though you're full stacking Green Bay and and running it back with Tampa Bay. So I think the, the contrarian play is going to be to stack up the NFC game and just, you know, dabble with some pieces from the AFC game mixed in. But, um, yeah, I it's really hard to get away from Aaron Rodgers this week. It's just Tampa Bay, their defense is pass funnel. We've attacked them all year um Brady's going to throw a bunch on the other side so that game can, you know, have a ton of pass pass attempts which can, the same thing can be said for the AFC game as well. Like what did the Bills run it like voluntarily run it with the running back what five times last week?
0: Right. So
2: it's like <laughs> I mean, if the Chiefs can also do the same thing assuming Mahomes is healthy and playing, which it sounds like he's going to be. Um so I mean really this it shakes up for four teams that should throw the ball a ton and uh, on a slate where touchdown variance is going to be king, um, you know Rogers has four to five touchdown upside. We know he's going for MVP, uh, and he wants he wants to make this one more one more run at a Super Bowl, uh, and prove all the haters wrong, especially the that Green Bay front office that seemed to be drafting uh, for the future uh, this past draft and not really for for this year. So uh, yeah, I, I think Rogers is going to come out and prove a point, and I don't see any way Tampa Bay stops Devonte Adams. So. Uh, Green Bay will be my My highest on offense
0: No I I, I do Like that Matty and I I know a lot of people Are are going into that same uh, Boat um, you know, with playing Pat Mahomes, we kind of saw it last week. Right. I mean, there's so many, so many weapons, so many different ways they can attack you. And with Mahomes being banged up, you know, you're thinking about the mobility could be limited there. Um, so maybe not as much rushing uh, as we saw. He was banged up and then he ran for. We tried to run for the first down there and, and got the concussion. Um in that game late. But, uh, you know, before that, you know, he had 21 points, I believe, or 20 something in the 20s, DraftKings points uh, because he ran it in for a touchdown. So if you don't get that production from him uh, and you're getting, you know, Hill scoring one, Kelsey scoring one, maybe Robinson or Watkins coming back, he gets one. Um, if the production's not all going to the right players, you might be able to get all the concentration from Hill, Kelsey, or some of those guys going on one-offs. Um Derek, I'm going to talk to talk to you next. Then we'll go to to go to Kevin. I'm curious to hear where his thoughts are. But D, as you as you were breaking into the slate, what what's standing out to you, man? As we, you know, we only got four quarterbacks to choose from this week, and I think, you know. Guys like Brady are going to go under owned. I don't disagree with Maddie yep. that we could see a lot of lot of yards from that game. I know there's a FanDuel prop for them to put up 600 yards, and I love I that. I like that. I forget what the odds are, um, but they I feel like know, Brady's Brady's going to have to throw his owner. His ownership should be low. Um, what do you What are you looking at this week, Derek?
1: I mean, look at. I- I'm personally I'm running four teams' want to exposure to all four quarterbacks this week and my biggest question to everybody is if you're running three teams or two or you're going single entry um who's your top three like who's the guy getting left out in the cold because I think that everybody's fourth quarterback on this slate is Tom Brady and I actually really love him in this spot because you look at his last few games like six out of his last seven games 22 points 26 34 32 26. 15 and 26. This dude has gone for 22 points in six of his last seven freaking games. Like if anybody wants to sit here and tell you he's not going to run, he's got no ceiling. What in the absolute fuck are you looking at? Because the dude (laughs) has a ceiling, can absolutely score in this game, 25 to 30 DK points. They're going to freaking toss the ball. In the last few weeks, they've gone to more of like throwing on early downs, throwing – um, in a lot of different situations, their pass rate is up. Their neutral strip pass rate is up. I am not worried about J.R. Alexander. We'll talk about that more about when we get to wide receivers. But I love this game because you have a team on the other side that is going to push. Aaron Rodgers is going to come out pissed off. Everybody's going to want to talk about Aaron Rodgers for good freaking reason. Like I'm actually kind of surprised on this slate that, like, It's not actually Aaron Rodgers as a number two price quarterback. So, like, I get why everybody's going to and saying, like, he's underpriced because I do agree with that. But in saying that, we can also make an argument that for what Brady's done over the last, like, six to seven freaking weeks, that dude's underpriced too. And nobody's wanted to talk about that shit because, like, oh, he's old. Oh, he's washed. Oh, he's get the fuck out of here, man. He scores DK points. That's all I care about. And over the last like five to six games, the dude has been uh, elite, top of the league in deep ball passing. If you look at attacking this secondary for Green Bay, outside of Jair Alexander, they don't have the cornerbacks in the other two freaking spots that should scare the shit out of anybody. So I love Brady in this spot. Honestly, point per dollar, he's probably my favorite dude on the entire board. Because you can build some lineups that are pretty damn nice and fit some good pieces around him and really get contrarian. Like if you want to go full game stack, stack this dude up and play for – we've talked about it here before. Play for the nuclear game. Play for this dude going 350 and 4 and stack him up with three dudes. That is easy as shit to do with Tom Brady. Like so, I love him per for dollar. I'm not going to talk anybody out of playing the other th- – Three quarterbacks. The only thing I really want to hammer on here is that Brady is going to go overlooked. I think he's going to be the lowest on quarterback on this slate out of the four. And he has a ceiling to match these other three dudes in this freaking spot. So I love Tom Brady this week.
2: Yeah, and we just watched one thumb Jared Goff just march down the field how many times last
1: <laughs> <like>, oh, man, <laughs> week. Every time he got back, it was like completion, completion. Everybody's like, oh, Jared Goff sucks ass. Okay, well, the quarterback you think that sucks ass that has one more just mowing
2: down the field.
3: Cut (laughs) them in half.
2: Yeah.
1: Cut them in half. So what in the absolute hell do we think that Tom Brady is going to do?
2: It's wild. Like, you look at these touchdown totals for these quarterbacks. uh, Mahomes has actually thrown the least amount of touchdowns between these four. He's got 39. Josh Allen has 40. Mm -hmm. Brady has 44. And Rodgers has 50. Like That's the ridiculous. two NFC quarterbacks are leading the two AFC quarterbacks in the touchdown department. My and favorite think,
1: two dudes think, are Brady and Allen on this spot. I'm just I gonna think everybody's going to load up on the AFC
2: game. But, uh, Derek, sure. I, I think it's an interesting – just before I let it jump back over to Kev, I think it's an interesting note to, like you said, play for a nuclear outcome. Yep. And I feel like people are going to – in this on this slate – people are going to say, okay, let me stack up Rodgers with Adams and run back like one Tampa Bay guy, and then let me get Stephon Diggs and the Chiefs guys. Why not just pick a game and just full-blown stack a full NFC game or full-blown stack a full AFC game and leave the other game off of your team? I don't think many people are going to do that. And if one game is like 45 to 42 and the other one's like 24 to 21, then you win all the money.
1: Well, that's the other thing about it, man. Like, you play on these 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 short slates, play for the fucking ceiling. I don't give yeah. a shit about floor. Ain't none of us playing freaking yeah. cash on a damn four-gamer. Like, we didn't throw <laughs> that out here. I don't yeah. give a shit about what your floor is on this freaking spot. I don't care. Your floor can be three points, but if you tell me your ceiling is 20, 25, like – Why I'm going to play MBS this week? Because I don't give a shit about what your floor is. I don't care. I'm shooting for your freaking ceiling on a four-gamer. That's all I care about. What is your 5%, 2% range of outcomes for your ceiling expectations? And if you're telling me that is through the roof, sign me up, baby.
0: Yeah, no, it it definitely is interesting. And I think even you know, Maddie, you've talked about it like make sure the lineups tell a story type of thing. So if you are, you know, stacking teams, you know what what can you tell a story about it? Uh we will get it into it at wide receiver a little bit more in depth, but you know, with injury, Antonio Brown on the injury report and there's less options to choose from the stack with Brady. I even like just taking one of the guys, you know, like taking him and Godwin. And hoping that Godwin, you know, has the bananas game, goes nuclear and taking Brady because a lot of um, a lot of what I played Brady, you know, just playing him naked because so much production just goes across the field. Um, he's targeting Bray, targeting Tyler Johnson, as well as the the top three guys there. So you just never know what you're going to get. And Brady could have, you know, a 30-point game, and maybe Godwin, you know, has 24, but all the rest of these guys could be in the teens. And on a, t- a two-game slate, maybe that's enough, but you could see guys in other spots that kind of pop off. So even not even mega-stacking that, but just kind of saying, okay, well, if Brady's going nuclear, let me get the Green Bay guys on the other side. Without taking Rogers and just hope that the production, you know, all goes to one player on Tampa. Kev, as we as I toss it over to you, man, how how are you feeling? I mean, l- l- just tell me right off the bat. Tell us right off the bat, like what is your Josh Allen exposure going to be this weekend? <laughs> Setting that man up because I know life. he built. I know he builds multiple lineups, so <laughs> I just, man, I'm just so, it, for,
2: You've
3: i just gotta have an
0: emotional hedge. My my thing here is the,
3: the the I guarantee you the person who's going to take down the tournaments this weekend is going to be the people that leave a ton of money on the table. Yeah, Every, with Probably. with the way that everything's priced this week, like the pricing is so ridiculous that you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. We don't have any high priced running backs. You can pretty much just punt the running back position and. Flip a coin, whoever the fuck you Love want. That. Like to right. me, like when it comes to the running back position, it's almost like you would treat a defense, like build the rest of your lineup and then fit whatever running backs in you can. And that's pretty much the way that I would I would yeah. handle it. Because there's just there, there isn't a good running back option this week. There is none. Like if you want to try to sell me on Clyde Edwards hilaire because Clyde Edwards Hilaire is definitely playing. Sammy Watkins is definitely playing this week. Uh the plan all along with Clyde Edwards Hilaire was to uh kind of nurse him back. Slowly last week, and then to shut him down, and then bring him back for this week. This was always the plan for them for him. Sammy Watkins is definitely going to play. He's pra- he's practiced each day. He'll be back for this game, which is which is really a, a big key for this offense because when Sammy Watkins has played, this offense has been at its best. So um, and Sammy Watkins is thirty eight fucking hundred dollars this week, um, but. Uh, so for me like I think it's going to be getting different and not trying to like just okay I want to jam as many of these guys in my lineup because inevitably one of these guys is going to fail whether it's DeVonte Adams or Stephon Diggs which or you know Tyreek it can be any one of these guys there's going to be a landmine here with one of these guys and I think getting contrarian at other spots and trying to build lineups where maybe you're leaving two or three K on the table um, to get different. I think it really end up being the spot uh, and being the most different because everybody's going to try to do the same thing and fit, the high priced wide receivers in their lineups in any way and with Travis Kelsey. And, you know, and I think that's the way it's going to go. And I think just trying to get a little bit different from there. Um, cause to me, this is more about strategy this week than it is than anything. It's a two game slate. You're not going to be able to yeah. get incredibly much more different than other people are. So like the little edges that you can get, I think are going to be key for you to actually take something down this week. Um, Versus the other weeks when you have a bunch of games on a slate. Because on a two-gamer, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's pretty narrow. Now, we did get the best four teams we possibly could have got, probably, in terms of you know DFS. Uh, there's not like a game where you're just like, ah, I don't want to stay away from that. So then all, the, all of the ownership is going to be condensed to one game. I do think the Chiefs and Bills is probably going to have more ownership than the Packers and uh, Tampa. I, I believe that Tampa's probably a little bit – people are a little bit hot, lower on them because, one, their implied point total is the lowest on the slate. It's only 24 compared to some you know Kansas City who's at twenty eight. Uh can Green we say it's wrong though?
1: Like do you think this should be higher, Kev? Like it doesn't that feel like it's damn low? Like it's given too much credence to the Green Bay defense?
3: Um yes and no. I will say Green Bay's defense has played a little bit better, but uh I mean At the same time, I do think, you see, I think this game it probably does end up being a shootout. They're going to throw the ball. Um, Neither one of these teams are going to be able to really run the football. I know uh, Green Bay's run defense isn't as good as, obviously, the the Tampa Bay's is. You can run on Green Bay if you really want to. Cam Akers was able to, but they were just behind, and they weren't able to do that. But – like, I feel like that all four of these games are going to be kind of – are all, both these games are going to be the same. Like, these are four teams that really want to throw the football, and I think that's what we're going to be seeing a lot of. And so I think getting the secondary pieces in the passing game right, like a Sammy Watkins or a John Brown or – alan Lazard or, or guys like that is going to be key to you really taking down a tournament this week. It's not about figuring out how to play Travis Kelsey in your lineup because everybody's going to play Travis Kelsey and things like that. It's going to be those those secondary options that you get in your lineup, picking the right defense or and stuff like that that's really going to matter. Like taking a stand on quarterback, I I don't know. Like I think you can play all four of them. Like they're all all four have thirty five point upside in them. Like there's not one that you're just like striking off the list, right? And so for me, like I said, like I, I will probably have multiple variations of all four of these guys um in lineups and then trying to get different at other spots. And I think that's all I'm pretty much gonna tag it.
1: I think if you're running 20 max, which I know Ryan, you and Kev run a me and Maddie are more like single entry three max guys, like running twenty max, I think like playing out like you're talking about all quarterback four quarterbacks are viable. That's why I said I'm I'm running four teams this week. But I think if you're going 20 max, like playing out different game scripts. So, like, if you're going Aaron Rodgers and the pass catchers or you're going and, and telling yourself, okay, the Bucks are going to get up by running the ball, I'm going to run it back with Ronald Jones. Okay, with this other one, okay, well, maybe Tampa trails and maybe I go Green Bay stack with Leonard Fournette coming back. Like, how you're varying in the, in the game scripts and how these games play out really I think is what you come down as key to – Nailing in like a twenty max or a one fifty and being like how you take shit down, like you hit that right and hit the nail on the head with like how that game script plays out and where you stacked and how you thought about that, like and how that game goes in your head. That's really what all this comes down to, me.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I love that, Derek. And you know, if you're playing twenty max, and I, I learned this lesson last last weekend. Last weekend, I loved Valdez Scantling. I had him on, like, 10 teams in a 20-max, so I was 50% exposed to him. And De- um, Maddie and Ben were all over Alan Lazard. And yeah. I was just like, okay, what am I missing with Alan Lazard? Like, I don't like him as much as MVS. He's been, been back. I bet they train too, my week. friend. I feel like and, and I made one team, and that was a team that ended up doing the best for me on the entire weekend of all the teams that I made just to have that one bullet. And it's okay to have that one bullet. Like I was able to make, you know, make late swap to get off Kareem Hunt, play some Daryl Williams with him being the only back who was there. Traquan Smith, I loved Emmanuel Sanders, but Traquan Smith was active. He was 3,300. Like if you're playing 20 max to have these bullets and I'm not an optimizer guy, like I love building them by hand and just kind of keeping track. But in doing that, you've <laughs> got to have exposure. We're talking about a two-game slate here. We've seen this. You were on the Thanksgiving show with us, like getting exposure – to different guys in this game script is is going to be key. So as we, do does anybody have uh anything else to say at quarterback position before we move it along here? Because I actually want to go in and skip running backs this week. I know we usually do running backs next but I want to skip that go to wide receiver next and then we could go to uh running back and tight ends because the wide receiver position I just feel like is so important this week. We got Devontae Adams on the slate. We got Stephon Diggs on the slate. Tyreek Hill Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, possibly without Antonio Brown out there as well, too. So I'm really curious to see what you guys are doing, because I do agree that leaving money on the slate is important. We got, you know, Travis Kelsey at tight end again that we'll talk about. But I mean, that dude's really a wide receiver. So like playing, you know, Hill versus Kelsey is, again, going to be a thing. And people will make lineups with both of them uh, on the same lineup with Pat Mahomes. I know Kev doesn't really um, like doing that all that much. And he talks about that time and time again. But you're really going to have to take a stand. And I guess the guy at this point, as early on um, as it is, and I don't really have that much exposure in my early builds, Darren Rogers, but I have to play Devontae Adams. I mean, this guy is the one guy who could go out there, I feel like, and really like to say. It. And Tyreek Hill, he he definitely can do that too. Um, but I probably will just have so much exposure to Kelsey that he will be the guy that kind of you know falls off. And you're looking at last week, of what Devontae Adams was able to do with all the talk about you know, Jalen Ramsey being out there and they had their little scuffle pregame. And this dude was still going out there and putting up 21.8 points. I mean, I respect Carlton Davis. I think he's legit. I don't think he will be able to shadow because Adams moves around so much. But may- maybe they change that up. Um, I don't know, or Derek, you look in the matchups more, so you might have more insight on that. But at 8K, it's, it's just not enough. It's just, he's just not priced enough. He's on the first game. Like, whether I'm playing Aaron Rodgers or not, like, I have to have exposure to this guy. I will have exposure to Valdez Gantling again. I mean, we're just looking at the deep ball here. And last week Tampa Bay was getting burned so badly by Drew Brees who had really, you know, really looking at the arm not being, the arm not being there, but it was there last week with Trae um hitting him deep a couple times. Jared Cook, I think, got a pass deep and so um I, I like Lazard too, but I feel like Lazard's ownership is going to be so, so heavily inflated because of last week and Valdez Gantling last week, he had two end zone targets. Like if one of those converts, we might be talking about a different story. I think he, he definitely will be involved. I do like getting exposure there. And then the third guy for me is, I, I really don't know what to do with the KC guys. I love exposure because I bet my homes, but I'm just playing around with builds and I don't know. But the third guy for me would be Chris Godwin. Um, You know, very frustrating that he didn't complete that uh, touchdown catch there in the end zone. I think even if Antonio Brown is healthy and goes this, the, the game really depends on what Chris Godwin can do um, in this matchup. And if he's going to avoid that side, that Jair Alexander um, is on because teams just have not had success of throwing to that side. I think Goff had whatever it was, 70 percent of his passes or something crazy like that. were all to the other side where he wasn't. So um, Godwin playing out of the slot. I think he'll be able to avoid that. Um, and he's just been the guy that I feel like Brady can lean on. He's leaned on him in this matchup. Kev, I see you nodding your head. I'm going to go with you next, man, and kind of talk to me about where your head's at with wide receiver this week as we break down this slate.
3: Well, I think you hit it right with, uh, you know, you can play Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think those are the two that you want to go with because uh, Jair Alexander does not move. Uh, he stays on his one side, and those are the two sides that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are not going to see. So you're not going to have to worry about Jair Alexander for either one of those guys. Um, so you, the, the guy you strike off, whether he plays or not, is Antonio Brown. If he doesn't play, whoever's playing on that side, you're just, you just don't stay away from him because I think that what you'll see is Tampa Bay not move uh, Mike Evans over to that side and Chris Godwin obviously plays majority in the slot so you're not really gonna have to worry about Jair Alexander in that case so Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both definitely a play. they're both ridiculously priced uh where they're at and so but I do think that those guys are probably not going to be as highly owned because I don't think people are going to be able to fit them in because like I said everybody's going to want to play uh Adams and and Stefan Diggs and Tyreek and so for me, like, I, th- I think those guys are going to be overlooked. Um, you know, I think people are maybe get one of them in their lineup. But, you know, if you can get if you can fit both of them in a the lineup, then I think that that is different enough that you're not going to be seeing a lot of people doing something like that. And so I think that's the direction you could go. Uh, Tyreek, you have you have. There's nothing to worry about with Tredavious White. Uh, Tredavious White, again, he does not he does not shadow and he does not go into the slot where Tyreek Hill plays around 60% of the time, and so Tyreek is, you know, they move him all over the field, He's and like I said, there's no worry of Tredavious White traveling there, so Tyreek Hill is definitely in play as well. Um, And, you know, as for the other guys, like, Stefan Diggs is going to be interesting because the Chiefs have done really good against wide receivers this year. The last time they played week six, um, I don't know what to make of that game because the Chiefs did something that they normally don't do, and they ran the ball like 35, 40 times in that game. And that's just not something they've done all year, and it worked. Um, I don't know if the Chiefs try to do that again this week. Like, I would be surprised if they did, but they did a really good job against uh Stefan Diggs in that game. I think he went like six for 47. Um, I think he found the end zone, but uh, uh, it still wasn't what you typically exactly. see from Stefan Diggs. Like if Stephon Diggs goes six for fifty in a touchdown, you're probably you know not looking good with having him in your lineup just because of how highly owned he's going to be on this slate. But he's the guy that I probably feel least confident in, and in terms of the top three guys, because that's the decision you're going to have to make. Like who are your, who are you playing out of Devontae Adams, Tyreek, Stephon Diggs, and then Travis Kelsey? Those are kind of the four big names uh, among all these guys in terms of the the highest um price guys you have and for me it's Devonte. i want Devonte adams and tyreek hill i think both those guys have a higher ceiling than what stefan diggs does but i think stefan diggs is going to carry a ton of ownership and just as much as all these other guys so i think getting a little bit different i'll probably be uh less um less involved with stefan diggs now in terms of the other guys i like cole beasley quite a bit at his price at 4100 in the slot we saw last week um Jarvis Landry uh, was the best wide receiver mm-hmm. they had last uh, – You know, I think he had, what, uh, had six receptions for them out of the slot, six or seven. So I do think Cole Beasley had his prices in play. Um, so we'll have to wa- watch with the Chiefs if Rashad Breland's out because they're going to have to m- kind of move everybody over. Uh, Lajarius Sneed, who I will say their fourth-round pick has played really, really well this year. He's been, He's been a baller. Um, but he is likely going to have to move to the outside – and then they're probably going to have to use Rashad Fenton. Hopefully they get him back if he would move into the slot because they would not have Rashad Breeland. We'll have to see with if Breeland gets through the concussion protocol. Um, so that will change things a little bit in terms of their coverage. But other than that, like I said, like for me, if I'm going to pay down, and I'm, like Sammy Watkins is definitely at $3,800 is just too cheap for him. Um, I have I have chased that all year, and I'm not going to stop now when he's 3800 And then I think, you know, uh, Alan Lazard would be the guy that I would much more uh, – prefer between him and Valdez-Scantling. Like, I think Scott, Valdez-Scantling certainly is, you know, he's the deep breath they have. But Alan Lazard definitely looks like Aaron Rodgers' favorite number two target. So, uh, as the other cheap guy, I think it's Alan Lazard for me.
0: Uh, I'm going to go to you next, Derek. But, Kev, uh, speaking on Sammy Watkins, and by the way, this is a revenge game for him in some capacity playing against the Bills there. Yeah. Who uh, was the first team. So, definitely got to throw that out. I was interested in the narrative. But, Kev, if you had to project – snaps for Sammy Watkins like how many snaps is he playing how how does this affect the Robinson Miko Hardmans who will who will still see uh into lineups even if he is active
3: well I thought it was interesting last week like Demarcus Robinson did not play as much as I thought he was going to or at least at least he wasn't involved in the game plan as much as I thought he was going to be it was much more about Miko Hardman um and so I don't know if that was a game plan type of thing because of what they typically do, because that was something that, that just kind of had had changed from what had happened when Sammy Watkins was out before. But I would I would assume that you're gonna see a lot more McCall Hardman than you would Demarcus Robbins. So just because of how explosive he is, the different things that they try to do to get his ball the ball in, in McCall Hardman's hand. So if I had to take a stand on one of them, it would be McCall Hardman would be the guy that I probably would go with. But like I said, like Sammy Watkins changes the the, the complexity of this entire offense um, because of the things that they ask him to do. He is much more of the underneath guy and he is such terrific yards after the catch. Like he's like a running back when you get the ball in his hands. And so that's kind of the things that they look to do with him. And I think that could open things up more for Tyreek Hill over the top. But like I said, like for me, it's just Sammy Watkins is ridiculous at 3,800. Like that's just, I don't, I don't fucking get it. <laughs>
0: No, I, I couldn't believe that either, even with it being questionable. Um, you know, before this even was all going down. It's crazy. D, bro, talk to us, man. How are you feeling about this slate? What are you doing, man? Um, with your exposures.
1: I mean, look, I mean, I consider and craft your narrative that all these top three dudes, like Adams Hill, Diggs, all those guys are in play. That's the obvious, it's the easy thing to say in this slate. I really just want to hammer on Mike Evans in this spot, dude. Like, people are going to go to Godwin. People are not going to touch Evans. And I think it's wrong. I think it's really, really, really damn wrong. Because if you look at Jair, for all the reasons that Kev talked about, I mean, you look at his season, he has shadowed five different times during this season. One of those, yes, was with Mike Evans. He followed him on 76% of his routes, one target, no catches, no receptions, no touchdowns, nothing versus him. Ever since week eight, dude has played on one side of the field, two snaps on the opposite side of the field. So the other thing that needs to get thrown out here is in three of those five games where he shadowed, Kevin King was out. Kevin King is going to play this game. I do not think that Jair follows him. I do not think he shadows him. I think that Mike Evans, everybody and their mama is going to want to play Chris Godwin. I want to play all the Mike Evans. Like right now on my dummy lineups, I got three or four Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans can absolutely smash here. He owns the red zone role. Like literally Tampa gets into the red zone. It's Evans and it's Gronk, and that's it, baby. Like, right. Godwin, everybody wants to go to him, and look, Chandon Sullivan, you can beat him in the slot. I'm not saying that you can't. But if I'm prioritizing one guy in this spot as a one-off, give me all the damn Mike Evans. Like, his price is ridiculously stupid at 5800 Like, He has had all of these ceiling games, and very few of them has he, like, scored and gone above 100 in the last few games at the same time. Like, if you were to look back over his last few games, he had 100 versus Washington, no touchdowns. He scored 20. ATL, he didn't do very much. He got hurt. He was on his way to a monster game in that one. Versus Detroit, 181-2. and That is literally the ceiling. Like, Evans could go out here in a game they're going to push the ball, and if everybody's like, I'm worried about Jair shadowing. Dude, I'm not at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think that shit happens. I think that he has moved around the entire formation. Jair is not moving around the formation. I love, love, love Mike Evans in this spot. And staying on Tampa, I don't want any Antonio Brown. Like, I'm fading him hard this week. We have seen when they've gone more 12 personnel, the guy – even if he plays, like I don't know if he even plays this week, but even if he does play, I am going to be severely underweight, possibly full fade Antonio Brown, because the one guy that has lost routes when they've gone more 12 personnel or in other instances when they've been down, when they've been up, Antonio Brown is the dude that comes off the field. It ain't Mike Evans. It ain't Chris Godwin. It's Antonio Brown. He loses snaps to to tight end personnel and Scotty Miller. So if you're talking about he's banged up, I will happily have no Antonio Brown this week and be totally fine with it. Um, I like John Brown, but to Kev's point, I think that my John Brown versus Cole Beasley exposure is going to immensely be affected by what happens with Rashad Breland this week. If Breland is in, I'm going to be more on John Brown because I think that uh, John Brown can beat Breland on the outside. Breland has been pretty well. Like he's played really good football, but the dude has also given up five receiving touchdowns this year um, on the season. Those five receiving touchdowns that come against Nelson Aguilar, Mike Evans, he gave up two to Tim Patrick and one to Mike Gesicki. So it's not like it was all of these Uber elite guys. And what we saw at of last week, they wanted to get John Brown involved. That was definitely a thing. So I really want to be big on John Brown this week if Breland is in. Now, if Breland is out, Cole Beasley scored last time these two teams played. And the funny thing that when I was looking at both these games, do we realize that both of these are rematches, but both of these teams played each other back in week six? Like when we're going back and looking at game logs, like it's the exact same damn week, so all we're seeing is like time vaulted forward. But anyway, (laughs) funny side note, I thought like when I was looking through game logs, but – With Cole Beasley, I think Legereus Sneed is legit. I think that he has played out of his mind as a damn rookie. I do not want any part of that. So like Kev is talking about, if Breland is in, I want to be heavier on John Brown. If Breland is out and Sneed is going to go to the outside and you're talking about Fenton is in, that's who Beasley beat last time for the touchdown. So I think that I want to be heavier on Beasley in that spot. So some of this is going to come down to like, the inactive reports and where my exposures go and some of those final builds. So um, it's an interesting note. Now, I think that what we're talking about going down to the very bottom and getting some of these guys, because look, I've been on this podcast. We've smashed guys that have been like freaking 4%. Uh, Maddie was all over Traquan last week. Dude was 1% to 4% owned <laughs> <Durr>. <laughs> on a small slate. Like, right. getting all that damn action. So merely my thing is, who is the damn dude that's going to be sub 5% this week and he could smash like a motherfucker? People are like, whoa, where did this dude come from? And the two guys that are hopping out at me right now are MBS because I think everybody's going to go to Al Mazzard. And I think if you're chasing ceiling – Jamel Dean on the outside could be beat by speed, could be beat by double moves. If MBS captures the ceiling in this spot, obviously Rodgers is going to go nuclear. The other guy that I want to bring up here is Isaiah McKenzie, because Gabriel Davis is not in practice this week. And if we're looking at that one dude that has like a high equity as shit role in this offense – Isaiah McKenzie, when he gets targets, they are literally like almost 30% of his targets or touches this year has come in the red zone. That dude is money. He runs most of his routes out of the slot. If they go four wide, now I was on this last week and I was talking about Gabe Davis. He got banged up, didn't happen, but you saw four of his targets. One of those is in the red zone and the other one was a damn end zone target. So it's a high equity role. You could look at like last week, And Gabe Davis ran 13 routes. Isaiah McKenzie ran seven. If Gabe Davis, who has not practiced so far this week, is out this week, and McKenzie is running as the fourth dude, we could be getting a guy that runs 20-something routes if he takes over both roles at 3K, who has massive red zone equity in this offense and could be sub-5%. We've seen what his ceiling is in Week 17. Nobody's gonna play this fucking dude. I want some Isaiah McKenzie, especially and make it a point on my Josh Allen teams.
0: That, 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 is, that is a call right there. That is that's D bro. That's that's why you get nominated, D, bro. You digging deep. You digging deep <laughs> on, the baby. On. Uh, You have interest in the Isaiah McKenzie Bill's uh double stat because I played that last week. Yeah. And I'm uh, you know, I had with the special teams, we'll talk about defense when it gets to it. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know. It is it is what it is for this week. But, yeah, that's, I, I do like that call because he does. Hey, we play. talk
1: about he gets a receiving touchdowns, you double stack him with the defense, and you get a punt return. Just talking right, about crazy-ass right. outcomes.
0: Hey, hey, I mean, on a two-game slate, Let's everything's on the it. table. Everything's on the table. Matty, 2v2, my man. You, are you always coming down to it. How are you feeling this week, man? What do you, what are your builds looking like with wide receiver? And I'm, I'm interested to hear where, where you're at with the Green Bay Packers uh, exposure at wide receiver with you going Rodgers.
2: Yeah, so uh, two things. One, I just – I want to – you know, I never take any victory laps, so I'm, I'm going to take one this time on, on the – Take on the, on, the, on the, the one or well, have one to five percent on Traquan Smith last week. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and there's yes. there's really one reason why we played him right. And and that reason is Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, yeah, is it's the slot corner for Tampa Bay. And so now we get Alan Lazard in the same exact matchup, which, you know, last week against the Rams. um Everybody was like, oh, well, I don't want to play Green Bay pass catchers because of Jalen Ramsey and they get so much pressure on the quarterback. And I mean, the Packers are going to put up points no matter who they're playing against. Right. So um, you look at, OK, so if if Adams is kind of limited, who does it funnel to? And, uh, you know, Troy Hill, he's kind of been an outside cornerback you know, th- for the majority of, of his time in the NFL until this year where he's kind of moved over to the slot. And so, you know, Lazard got matched up with a guy who's not really been a slot cornerback, and we saw what he can do to somebody who's kind of maybe playing out of position a little bit. So, um, yeah, Sean Murphy Bunting is is not good. He's allowed a 77% catch rate this year, <laughs> which is, is hilarious. Over, oh gosh. Uh, it it is, is so bad. So, ahead. yeah, I think, you know, Lazard could be a bit popular, but I mean, the Traquan matchup is, that's why I liked him last week and, and he ended up paying off. So I'm going right back to the well. Um, I think the matchup is very good. I'm actually really glad that uh, Derek mentioned McKenzie because looking into, uh, you know, with Gabe Davis being questionable, um, I mean, the bills are going to, they're going to run a ton of four wide wide receiver stuff. Like they don't want to go, Uh, You know, I mean, they're going to sprinkle in 11 personnel with a tight end out there, but they will they will spread you out and try to go four wide and just throw the ball like all day. That's what they're going to try to do. And so if Gabe Davis is limited in any way uh, or misses the game, all of a sudden you now have Beasley and McKenzie in the slots and you've got uh, Brown and Diggs on the outsides. So Beasley is likely going to see the better slot corner and McKenzie is going to get the shitty one. So. I think, you know, with how explosive McKenzie is, I think he makes a ton of sense. And how many times have we seen the Bills this year? It's really – it's so I think the slate comes down to two things. It comes down to the Bills and it comes down to the Bucks and which guys catch touchdowns for those two teams. Because we have seen both of those two teams do weird shit this year where you're like, oh – that guy I, caught a touchdown. He ran like two routes, but he caught a touchdown. Motherfucking like, Tyler
1: Croft. It's Tyler Croft, <laughs>
2: Kenzie. Like the Bills have done weird shit yeah. all year. Then you've got Brady, who will throw to Cam Bray. Uh Scotty Miller's a threat. Tyler Johnson will catch touchdowns. Like the Bucks will do weird stuff too. So don't be afraid to, uh, you know, kind of go off the board on this slate at the as a at the cheap wide receiver position. Um, I don't really think. Outside of McKenzie, I don't think Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson really have the ceiling that Traquan had. Uh, McKenzie could get there because he he really does have two touchdown upside. So um, he is a bit of a home run player. So I think McKenzie's definitely got the most upside, but I wouldn't sleep on Scotty Miller either, especially with Antonio Brown banged up. Um, I know you guys mentioned that you know that Mike Evans kind of stays on his side uh, and and Jire plays on the other side, but I still think you know Miller can get open uh he Brady has trusted him this year he even well, Miller made I think the biggest one of the biggest catches of the game last week against New Orleans too mm-hmm. so um yeah don't don't sleep on him especially if AB is banged up because he will be on the field and I can see it now where Miller's got like four catches for 40 yards and a touchdown and he's on the optimal team because he scored 15 points so yeah I think he's interesting and again like I just to say the same thing you guys said, I don't need to harp on the, the guys at the top. Like Diggs, Hill, and Adams are all great plays. Uh, I definitely think Diggs is the the I won't I won't say the worst play of the three, but he's definitely the least desirable of those three. And I tried to build a build a team with all three, and you cannot do it. Like salary doesn't let you. So um Okay, that's good to
0: know. <laughs>
2: yeah, like even playing with Brady and the cheapest defense, like you just you have you have to play guys who really don't play, and it's just it's just not really possible. And it's not optimal. So um, you're going to have to pick probably two of the three if you're playing Kelsey. I guess you could play those three if you're not playing Kelsey. But I don't know who's not going to play Travis Kelsey when <laughs> there's not really anybody <laughs> else. I want to burn
1: three. their money.
2: So, yeah, like it's true. It's like I just I just want to go back to what you guys said, saying, you know, uh, wide receivers volatile. Uh, Traquan won. Every, Traquan and Lazard won everybody all the monies last week, and they were not owned. So I, you know, I just force yourself to kind of get get uncomfortable at a you know your wide receiver three position and play somebody low owned that has touchdown upside because on a two game slate, right? Touchdowns matter because you know there's not going to be many guys who go for a hundred yards but there are going to be guys who score touchdowns and the guys that score touchdowns are going to make the optimal lineup. So go touchdown hunting for a cheap wide receiver. And I I think that, you know, McKenzie makes a ton of sense uh, in that regard. And Alan Lazard, I love him. And Sammy Watkins is another guy. Uh, He's like, I think he's third or fourth on the chiefs in red zone targets this year and hasn't played half the year. So uh, definitely another guy that could catch a touchdown. So.
3: You ready for Equinemia St. Brown to catch a touchdown this weekend? Hey, that could happen too.
1: (laughs) <laughs> now, teams, I will play only, him. He
2: played eleven. But, he played he played eleven snaps last week or la-
1: yeah, ran eleven right? routes. Like, did,
3: mm-hmm. Didn't
2: you play him on showdown when he caught a showdown touchdown? Yeah. Yeah, I
1: thought so. That so, whole yeah. like low 4K, high 3K range is where I think is like gonna win or lose people money. And like that's like getting that shit right, I think is going to be what ships people the money this week. Like John Brown versus Cole Beasley versus Lazard and MBS. Like those four dudes, I think picking the right one or two or however your builds go and nailing one of those guys is really what this slate comes down to uh, if we're going to boil it down because I, as Kevin was talking about, I don't give a shit about the running backs. It's really yeah. – who the hell fits in after I'm going to go all the wide receivers because I'm playing a wide receiver in the flex. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if people yep. are going to talk about playing three running backs, have fun, baby. Um, send me head <laughs> to head. Um, I- I'm all about that life because that that is ridiculous. Yep. You are burning your damn money. None of these three w- running backs, like literally you're just hoping to get 12 to 15 touches. I want as many damn wide receivers as, as I possibly can get into a lineup. And I feel like that 3,900 to about 4,300 range is the decision points that are going to make or break people this week.
0: Yeah, no, Derek. That's that's a great point, and also, you know, we're talking about DraftKings, right? It's a it's a slate where you get rewarded for every reception that there is. So by looking at the running back slate, and we'll we'll get into that here uh, in a second, yeah. um, it does not look great to to play three of those. Now, if you're on FanDuel. Um, where touchdowns are king, you get a lot more equity there by getting a guy who's supposed to touchdown by all means. If you can, if you can guess the the three who are going to pop and wide receivers are just going to be dog shit this week, then have fun over there. But, uh, on DraftKings, yes, uh, wide receiver in the flex always. Um, that, that's just what you have to do, especially on a slate like this. Um, Maddie, you gave us your your rankings from the top. Derek and Kev, I want to I want to hear what you guys think about the top three guys and how you would rank them. I guess as far as not as far as what points are, but maybe what your interest is to them and Adams, Hill, and Diggs. Um Derek, how would you rank those guys for you as far as trying to get them into a
1: lineup this week? Um, Hill's number one. Hill's number one for me. He carries Wow. Really? 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 <laughs> I can't believe you're that damn surprised about this. Um, I I think I think that Davis is going to follow Adams. I do. I think that matters. I think I mean he shattered him. It was sixty-five to seventy percent of routes. I'm not worried about Carlton Davis. We saw that dude shit his pants, and that's what Traquan (laughs) Smith went for the long one last week because he totally blew (laughs) the coverage. So as much as he wants to shit talk about Michael Thomas, who's playing on a bum ankle (laughs) and a broken damn shoulder, and to be like, "Oh, I shut him down, dude. You got your ass burnt." And you're the reason why the Saints got a <laughs> long-ass trick play because you sucked ass on that play. So as much as you want to talk shit, let's get a context about how you played about that whole damn game. So I'm not worried about Adams. Really, it comes down to fitting Adams in my builds because – And that's exactly why I want to play him. I, look, I'm not I'm not against it. I'm really, really not. My whole thing about, like, with Hill is I am not worried about Tredavious White. I'm not worried. This game is going to play out immensely different than the last time these two teams played. Both of them ran the damn ball because it was like a fucking monsoon out there. And basically, it was horrible conditions. Both of these teams are tied for fourth in neutral script passing rate. They are going to throw the damn ball all freaking game. Um, so everybody that wants to play Travis Kelsey, I don't think they're going to play enough Tyreek Hill. And I want to prioritize Tyreek Hill on this slate. I think really? that Adams has a 40-point ceiling. He doesn't have He's a 50-point point. ceiling. He has a 40-point <laughs> floor. <laughs> I'm not against that, man, but tell me this.
2: He is their he goal line running go. back. They get to That's the one-yard line. He, he, is, yep. he, is, he turns into Mike He's Allen. got to
1: hit three touchdowns. Hill can literally break off 200 yards receiving, and Adams, I don't think, could do that. Like – Hill can go for 50 or 60, and as good as Adams is, I'm not going to dispute how good Adams is. He is freaking fantastic. But he's also higher priced, and I don't think if we're really looking at the very ultimate ceiling, Tyreek Hill could break shit. Like, versus what he did versus Tampa Bay, he could do that this week. And that's why I'm prioritizing Tyreek. I love Tyreek. it. I love
2: Tyreek it. has one game over thirty-six points, and that's the game—the game he broke shit. Okay. Adam, Adams has like three games over forty. I'm do just. You it, any, man. Do you have any
1: games <laughs> that's over fifty? Tell Adams me that.
2: Has, Adams has a forty-five. A forty. We're talking about an absolute 46. ceiling. Does
1: he have a sixty-point game there, Matty? <laughs> Tell me that.
2: Okay, you're chasing. You're chasing a one in a We're
1: chasing ceilings, baby. Right? There's
2: okay. The, then, so remember that time you yelled at me for chasing a Sammy Watkins ceiling? That that's the ghost of Sammy Watkins that happened two times in and the you're last still two chasing
1: years. Chasing it. Hey. You're still doing it. I'm just playing devil.
2: I'm uh, playing devil's advocate with your own reasoning. Something that's that's doesn't really. I happen told you often.
1: not to do it then.
2: Man, looking at this pricing though, for real, like I you're think-
1: dancing a ghost. I'm telling you, a real apparition that <laughs> has appeared in front of me. I know. I said, know, "Hey, I know. baby, what's up? I can score sixty points."
2: No, no, I and mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Tyrese. I love prices. Adams, not- dude. If
1: you're playing, like, okay, okay. And, and I get, I get your point. Who is the more reasonable guy to go out and score you thirty-five to forty? That's absolutely Adams. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who is the guy who can break shit and get you not 15th place but first place? And I think that's Tyreek. And that's – For sure. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's – probably
3: going to have less ownership.
0: Who
1: is he?
3: He, de- he definitely
0: will have less o- ownership. Tyreek will. Really?
1: Y'all think so? Oh, I, I guarantee it. it. I, I guarantee mean, it. Because the first- less Because Adams is now.
0: the first game. Adams is the first game people will not want to fade him. That's people fair. will not but, want oh, to Oh,
2: man, people play the Chiefs, dude. No.
0: They just play no,
2: them. Exactly. They didn't play Adams last week, listen,
1: man. Adams listen. was way more popular than anybody thought he was going to be. No, but
0: see, Maddie, you, you, you think differently True. than a lot of people, right? So yeah. you have to think about it from the perspective. And just as Derek was saying, nobody is going to want to build a team reasonably that does not have Travis Kelsey in it. So right now you're already thinking about having Kelsey – Adams and Hill. I want that's
1: Hill gonna be, and Kelsey.
0: I'm going to throw right, that out there. But that's that's, but that's going uh, to be a tough go throw for think people. Like a fish, okay? Because People are going to want to play Aaron Jones, e- even because yeah. of, regardless of the matchup, right. they're just going to want to have Aaron Jones for safety at running back. And even yeah. then, you know, they're probably going to, people are going to play – pay up for a quarterback and not really think about having Brady teams on teams where they have Adams. Hill and Kelsey. So I already think that, and because it's the first game, I do, I always believe that on a two game slate, because it's the first game, those guys always go over on them what you expect them to go. We and talked about the late
1: hammer. Right. We talked about the late hammer. We talked about the late hammer. And people late don't hammer, want to wait that damn long, man.
3: I, I, th- I think more people are going to want to play Kelsey, Diggs, and Adams than people are going to think about getting Tyreek in there.
2: I don't know, I, man, I, because I I'm, really, just, I I'm looking at pricing and like if I go put in Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Diggs, Tyreek and Kelsey, that gives me th- a little over 3,400 left. That's tight. But if I change Tyreek to Adams, 3,200 left. That's even tighter, and there is there's are no punt defenses to say okay. Well, let me just punt a defense. Like the lowest defense is twenty seven hundred. That's like if
1: you're playing Mahomes, then, though. What does that look like if you're playing a lot of Josh Allen?
0: Uh huh.
1: I
2: mean, it's then, then it goes back to thirty four hundred with Adams, and thirty. 600 with, per with Tyreek and you still have to play a running back that costs 4,500. Like I think people, I think pricing is going to get a little bit tighter than we think it is. But I don't yeah. think that people
3: are going to play Aaron Jones as much as you think that people are going to play Aaron Jones, because I think people are going to see that Tampa Bay has the best run defense. I think a lot of are, I I don't think that he is going to be the highest prep. Like, I don't know. Even man. If I, played a while, I mean, actually, I know if you know.
1: running backs, do y'all really want to yeah, play Aaron Jones think. in this spot? Cause I, I mean, look, no. it. No. Well, here let's, let's, do, don't this. Want to let's do this.
0: Before we get to running backs, let's do this. Shout out to TN. It's the 100th show. It couldn't be a 100th show without TN getting to the chat, man. Send us a super chat there. We appreciate that, TN. Appreciate the love. He's asking, and Kev, you can you can kind of start it off. We didn't get your rankings, but if you want to kind of do a do a three for a trifecta here and answering TN's question about which kicker does Kevin see bringing glory to his team and the nation in general. So kickers this weekend, Kev, that's all you. You can talk about the rankings of the three wide receivers, and you can kick off running backs if you want to so i leave it to you Kev the Godfather you you let us know how this is First going
3: of all, we don't talk about kickers on this fucking show or any fucking show that is CFA
0: uh,
3: listen we, we don't fucking talk it's if it if it ain't Harrison Buck kicker we don't about it okay that's it Mr. <laughs> I can't kick a fucking extra point
1: but
0: we talk,
1: about, are, Bunker, we talk about butker going in right? on the kicker, man. Can, can, can we talk
2: about how uh, Kansas City and Buffalo is going to come down to a field goal, and the rookie kicker for Buffalo is going to have to try to kick a game winner or something? He's going to shit his pants.
0: Big, big oh ball bad, God. baby. In <laughs> <And He laughs> Arrowhead, big ball bad. In and you better hope Andy Reid don't got no timeouts left either, because yep. that's ice ice man. Ice, baby. man.
3: <laughs> Listen, the, the wide receivers to me, like, like I said, the what the top three wide receivers come. It's it's. To me, it, it I am I am prioritizing Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. If I had to rank them, I probably would rank Tyreek Hill at one. Um and then but it, but it's super close. It's yeah. it's not it's not that far. I'm yeah. gonna have both of them in my lineups, all right? Because I'm just punting right. running back. I don't give a fuck about running back. So there I I'm gonna have a combination of the three, but I'm gonna have the majority of Tyreek and Devontae Adams is, is where I'm gonna commit on that. But in terms of the running backs though, like it's just it's just fucking Clyde Edwards Tullier, and fucking Devin Singletary or fucking Leonard Fournette, and just fucking log out. Like th- th- that's what it is to me. And, <laughs> you know, like I just don't think there's enough to talk about because, the, yeah. like, the only good matchup we really have is the on the Buffalo side against Kansas City because Kansas struggled to stop the run, right? But Buffalo doesn't fucking right. run the ball, right? Yep. They had but one, one, rushing attempt in the first half last week. Okay, like they just don't run the ball. So unless they're going to do something completely different and, and go away from what they've done all year, uh, yeah, uh, it's you know Devin Singletary could be involved as a pass catcher. Like he's still out there. I think he played a ton, uh, pretty much all of the snaps. So maybe he could get a little bit more involved, you know, in the game plan. But other than that, like that's what you got. And then you got Aaron Jones going against one of the worst, you know, or one of the best run defenses in all of football, if not the best. Um, I know the narrative is still out there that they that they give up a lot of receptions and everything else but they limit that opportunity. Like they they are not out there just getting gashed in the passing game by running backs, right? Like they do give up some, they give up a lot of receptions but they've done a really good job especially with Devin White back and everything else of limiting production as a pass catcher uh, in terms of the volume, right? And so so that that so I don't I don't feel great about Aaron Jones. And so that okay, okay, what else do we got? You know, Clyde edwards solaire I 100 think he's going to be back. How much does he play? And that's another good question because I definitely Daryl Williams earned himself a role here, and Daryl Williams is definitely going to play. And so, Clyde Edwards-Silva, yeah. can you
1: play Daryl Williams if CEH is active? That's my big question to you, as the Chiefs guy.
3: I think you could because of because of how what we're talking about. Because like I think there, it, I think he probably plays 40 to 45 percent of the snaps, and I think he's the third down back.
1: Is there any chance that Ceh is a ghost active? Like, like because right now he's been limited. His practice reports are better than they were last week. Could Daryl still lead this backfield this week? Because I mean, you're dialed into KC, so I want to get your take on that shit.
3: It's certainly possible, but everything that they said and have said since was the entire plan last week was always to bring him back um, off. And to have him practice and then to rush him, And then there was no chance that he was going to play last weekend. That was always the plan for them. And then to have him ready for this week. And that was the plan. And so they said last week that he looked good in practice. Um, I think they're just taking it easy with him and not wanting to rush him back. And I think so now. I think you probably expect him to come in at that 50 to 55 to 60% probably of the, of the snaps, where all the rest of it's going to go to Darrell Williams. Le'Veon Bell, I think, is going to be inactive. I, I yeah, great. And LaShawn McCoy,
0: please, um, please make him inactive. Yeah. He is terrible.
3: <laughs> so yeah, we don't have to worry about that. He, he's got a knee injury, too. So, um, but I do think Daryl Williams is still an interesting play. Because Clyde edwards is going to carry the more, most of the ownership over over Daryl Williams, but I do think Daryl Williams is definitely going to have a role, and it's it's a much more similar to probably Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and that and that and that capacity of where they're going to split the touches out of the backfield, and so yes, I definitely think Daryl Williams is still in play, and that dude, I mean, has shown he's got a lot of juice in the tank, and I mean, two years ago. Back, whatever it was, Damian Williams and him—they were—they had no problem then giving him opportunities, touches out of the backfield. They—they they liked Daryl Williams a lot, and so I, I definitely think that even if Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going to play, I definitely still think Daryl Williams is in play in terms of and
0: GPPs. Yeah, I, I love Daryl Williams this this week too. I mean, he he just looked fucking good last week. Like he looked fucking good running. It looked up. like his first name was Damian to me. Right, exactly. I was like, and I was about Damian opting out this season. I was just like, God damn, the D Williams squared. Uh, (laughs) They they got some, they got some guys there, but no, I I do. And it is interesting to see because I feel like if CEH is active, that just lowers him immensely. Um, people will think of him as that backup running back, and I, I do, I do think that these guys will be involved, both of them, because of the injury to Mahomes. Like they can, um, you know, definitely feed both of them in hopes that you know they're keeping Mahomes upright, right? If he's going to be getting some pressure from Buffalo and things like that. Kev, you, you got something to say there? Well, on I was
3: just say Andy. Andy Reid said today that they're, they're that they're not going to stop running uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like that's not going to change. Okay, uh, they're not going to change anything when it comes to that. To me, it was ridiculous. What are you doing? doing an option with him, like tell him, Look, motherfucker, you're pitching it every time here. Right? Fucking <laughs> All right, don't run it. But, like, the thing is, like, people keep talking about it. he did not have a concussion. He they've said he did not have a concussion, but I can't remember what the, I'm not a fucking doctor what they called it. Basically, either they 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 hit him at the right spot on his neck and it cut off circuit of the brain or the cut off blood to his brain for, for a second, and then that's why whenever he went to get up, it was like he got knocked out. And that was the problem with that but that's it was also- the
1: equivalent mm-hmm. of of him holding his breath it was a vagal it was a vagal response yeah right yeah and yeah. so
3: like he did not have a concussion like if you look like you like they they've since like the they, people put stuff out like he never hit his head like that never happened right. and so, so it basically it got
1: choked the fuck out that's what yeah. happened
3: it's basically yeah. what happened because like that's why he he ran off and everything yeah. else like he like he wanted to come back like if it wouldn't have been for the concussion protocol Patrick Mahomes' ass would have been back in that game I'm happy they didn't because you don't want to see anything else happen to him, obviously. It's better to be safe than sorry with him, but he's 100% playing. But the bigger question for him is something that nobody else is talking about, and that's his toe because he has turf toe. He got that last week. That's what he got hurt with. He's definitely been a little gimpy. Um, I know that they probably could probably give him an injection before the game. I think Dr. Chow was talking about that. Like If you watch him in practice, they, they released some video of it, and he definitely looked like he was favoring it a little bit um so he he may not run anyway because because of that injury and stuff like that and and to stop that because obviously you know turf toe uh can hurt like a son of a bitch and limits your your cutting ability but he's a running back so it's not or he's a quarterback he's not fucking lamar jackson so it's not that big of a deal but um that is something to keep in mind with him well you saw some of
1: those like different passes like especially the stuff that he was throwing towards the sidelines before he even went out he was sailing some of those easy passes that he usually just nails right on the money too so it's definitely something to, to monitor, even not with his rushing ability, but, like, we're talking about just general accuracy and stuff, too. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how K- Casey tries to attack Buffalo. Uh, Matty, and speaking of the Buffalo situation with the running back, I mean, easy fade last week from Devin Singletary. This team is passing the ball 73% of the time. I mean, that's all they do is pass. Uh, I can't play this, this guy. Um, if he scores a touchdown and he ends up, you know, being the optimal then so be it because running back is just so brutal this week but I, I can't put my heart on dollars on a Devin Singletary. Maddie, how are you feeling about the running back position this week and what are you doing with your belts?
2: Well to, to quote our good friend Derek who's the one guy oh. that can break shit?
0: Aaron Jones.
2: It's Aaron Jones and just like you guys Ooh. said just like you guys said it's, oh, an awful, it's an awful matchup and everybody's gonna see that that's gonna be uh, on all the sites that do content, don't play Aaron Jones. The Tampa Bay defense is at the top of the league in every metric against running backs. Like, don't play Aaron Jones. Don't play Aaron Jones. Well, you know who else was at the top of the league in every rush metric that you could possibly look at? The, the Los Angeles Rams. And Aaron Jones was one yard away. I know we were all rooting in our in our chat we, <laughs> we played were. Aaron Jones last week. He was yeah, one yard yeah. away from a 100-yard bonus. And he also had multiple touches inside the 5- the or 10-yard line where he could have turned them into touchdowns. But um, I will say it is annoying. It does get annoying when you play Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams gets a lot of the goal line run and gets the, the hurry up work. But Williams and Dylan are a bit banged up. Um, I think they both end up playing, but um, Aaron Jones is their guy, man. And I just 6,500 is not easy to fit him in, especially when you look at Diggs's seven K Uh Tyreek is 72. Travis Kelsey's 8K. Uh Devontae Adams is 8K. And then you got all the Bucks receivers who are cheaper than him. So I think he ends up in no man's land. And 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 Kev, it's all for the same reasons that you said running back is dog shit this week. I know I can essentially get 15 points. I can lock in 15 from Aaron Jones, but he has a 35 point ceiling. Like he legit has three touchdown upside. And There's nobody else on that slate that has that. So, yes, it's an awful matchup. It is the worst one on the slate by far. But from a a talent and ownership standpoint, I do have interest in playing Aaron Jones because I think he is going to be the most talented player that is left off of the most rosters this weekend.
1: So if you're running three teams, four teams, Maddie, how many are you forcing Aaron Jones onto? Because – my problem with getting to Aaron Jones is, if he gets you fifteen, if he hits the floor and he gets you fifteen or sixteen, and these other dudes or these schmoes get you twelve, why did I play Aaron Jones For when sure. I could have played a wide receiver that could get me twenty?
2: For sure, and, and that is—I mean—that is the risk because of how how bad. So, that
1: how happens. much exposure are you getting in your three max? Uh, are at you least forcing one. two.
2: It, I will at least force one. If I okay. get to two on my build, I'm good with two, but I okay. will not have three.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: And I think okay. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna be like you and end up playing four teams. I need to see if they've got any four entry maxes. because uh, sometimes they will run those. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will. do I do wanna play a team with each quarterback because I mean it's it's so hard to know which quarterback is well going to and they, they all have have the the, same what they allow
1: for you that's yeah. my biggest thing why i want exposure to all these dudes because you could you could switch up your builds yeah with with what you're allowing or you're able to do with with tom brady versus brett holmes you know like do i think they're like running like a Brady and Aaron Jones team is, right. is very viable. That's probably where I get my Aaron Jones exposure. And um, I,
2: I think that's smart. And that's what I was, the point I was about to make is when you guys talk about telling stories, mm-hmm. like do the Packers score less than 25 points this week, or do they do what they normally do and score 30 to 40? I think that, I mean, yes, Tampa Bay held them to the last time they played, but I think they're going to come out and they're going to score a shit ton of points. I mean, they voluntarily just drove down the field on the best defense in the NFL last week. Like the Rams had yeah. no answer for them whatsoever. Right. So if I'm playing a team and I don't have, let's say I'm not playing Devonte Adams cause I want Tyree Kelsey and like a Diggs, or not, maybe not even Diggs, but, I'm like, okay, well, I don't have Adams. I'm not playing Rodgers. I think the Packers score 30 to 35 points. How do they get there? Okay, maybe Lazard catches a touchdown, but maybe Aaron Jones runs in two to three, and that's where my Packers exposure comes from. So just tell yourself a story and correlate your lineups that way. So, like, on your teams you don't have Adams or Rodgers, still have Packers exposure to if they score 30 to 35 points, actual points, then you have the guy that is probably getting them there. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I just I think lineup construction on two game slates, um, well in general as a whole with NDFS are, are is just way overlooked uh, and people, you know, throw money down the drain from playing suboptimal lineup constructions when, you know, you can really expose yourself to to outcomes and pair those outcomes together. So like if Kansas City and Buffalo is all all passing attack, load up on the passing attack there, and then if Green Bay runs. Runs it in. You're not competing with other Green Bay passing attacks because they didn't score points. So you now have the the correct optimal pairing. So just just little nuggets like that on, on these slates are are sometimes what I try to focus on more than than the play the individual players themselves. Um, so I just that wanted to hammer, hammer that point home.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely makes sense to have exposure to, to Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, even if you are building like those limited teams, because um, he plays in the first game and it's going to be really hard to talk yourself into, you know, how, how do you get to 30 points from the rest of these guys, um, especially with Ronald Jones being in the mix there for Tampa. Exactly. Um, so like, is, I, is Fortnite a good play? And, like, Dude, I mean, I've played Rojo on on every slate. I'm going to have to go back to him again. He was more efficient.
2: Yeah, but Rojo was more efficient per carry.
0: It was was wild. I mean, 13 attempts, uh, you know, 60 yards against the Saints, and, you know, Fournette's nice. It it is interesting because I do think that they have worked with Fournette on the pass-catching ability. Like, that's been the Achilles heel for Ronald Jones and what he's not able to do. But as far as, like – When you're talking about breaking shit, Maddie, I mean, I don't think Ronald Jones can necessarily break shit, but would it surprise me if this dude goes for like 100 and a touchdown, maybe two, and they just get this guy going because now he is all of a sudden healthy and Arians, you know, named Fournette the starter last week and he was the starter, but Jones still saw 13 carries. Now he's healthier now. So what is what's to make me not think that we're not going to get 15 touches from this dude? And again, it's on. We talk about late hammer, and nobody will play this guy because everybody will play Fournette, um, and he's cheaper. And so I think even if you have Fournette builds, like if I have Fournette builds, I consider dropping down to Ronald Jones at that point. Like if I get what I needed out of Green Bay uh, and Tampa, or t- there in the first game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have some Ronald Jones exposure regardless um, because. I just think that, you know, he he definitely offers upside from his rushing ability and, and his efficiency there. Um, And if he's going to be utilized um, on goal line carries, too, I think he could really pay off dividends there. So are, um, interesting. are,
2: are we going to ignore the fact that Fournette was a healthy scratch at one point this year, too?
3: Yeah, not, is, I, I, they're just not the same anymore. Like it hasn't been that. Like, and Fournette's actually looked yeah. good the last like two or three weeks. He's, he's
0: uh, damn good. And
3: yeah. uh, damn good. He, and to me, like he, he is their pass catching back. And so, he is their pass catching again, back. if you if you think this game is more of a shootout, then that's, that's one of Fournette game. Um, and and he's gonna have more opportunities. Right. He's gonna and he's gonna get the you know he's gonna run the routes. And if they fall behind, then you could pretty much just cancel Ronald Jones out, out, out completely. For sure. Um, and, and so that would be my only concern and I will I mean Ronald Jones is still banged up I mean he, he limped off the field last week against the Saints and he has been I think limited in practice this week so he is still not a hundred percent um for sure and if they are going to be behind if that, if that is kind of what you what you would think then you know I, I think that that's where it kind of comes down to is, is what you would think on that um to me I think the biggest wild card like I, I'll be interested to see what what ownership comes in at, but I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire could end up being the biggest the biggest wild card on this slate. We've seen the Chiefs in the past really utilize running backs as pass catchers, and I think we could see some of the stuff that they've been wanting to do, uh, like much more like Damian Williams, where you know Wheel routes stuff like that. With Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has been utilized as a pass catcher this year. And I think he could end up being actually the key to this entire slate. Like I think he could drop thirty fantasy points. Like that is in the range of possibility. We know this Chiefs offense gets different from time to time and will spread the ball out and how they who who they give the ball to. And so I do think Clyde Edwards Hilaire could end up being the make or break guy on the slate or looking back saying, Fuck, I wish I had more Clyde Edwards Hilaire.
0: I, I I like that, Kev. I mean, again, you know, coming back from injury, hard for people to want to play play guys like that. Uh, Debra, as we round out running backs, man, how how are you feeling? As we've talked to, uh, at length about these guys, but curious to see where your head's at as you're getting to builds here um, with your with your Hill and and Kelsey teams.
1: I think all these running backs, like all these backfields, look really really comparable. Like outside of like the Green Bay backfield, you see like and to kev's point could ceh be the dude or could they just run it like tampa bay could run it could ceh be the early down guy and darrell williams takes up the passing game work and we see a similar split there like i don't know man like th- this these backfields it really comes down to like what story you're telling with your lineup builds like I think that Ronald Jones and pairing him with the Buccaneers defense is a really interesting contrarian bill because I think people are going to go with Fournette and for for good reason, for all the pass down work. Like if you look at the last four games, these two running backs have played together, Fournette is swallowing him up whole with routes. Like he's run 83 to Ronald Jones, 44. But if we talk about a scenario where the Buccaneers get up early And they do that by running the damn ball and you stack that with the green Bay passing attack. Could Ronald Jones, a Buccaneers defense get there in a game stack, even with green Bay pass catchers? Yes. I mean, we've seen that in numerous things like over the last few weeks, like stacking a defense in the same game stack, like just because they score a shit ton of points and stuff like that does not mean that like the game script can't go that like, these these builds for a passing attack with a running back and the defense on the other side can't hit the optimal. That can absolutely happen. So if I'm playing Ronald Jones, I want to pair him with the Buccaneers defense. I think he's a really interesting play because as better as – or more improved as the Packers defense has been since about week eight, week nine, they're number one in red zone rushing defense. But – teams can still, if they want to impose their will and run the damn ball on them, they still have had the ability to do that. Now, Ronald Jones has, like, next to nothing as far as, like, involvement in the passing game. So literally you're playing for the Buccaneers to be truck-sticking them or get out early, and that's the way that they do it. But I do think that he's really interesting because I think that he's, if people are looking at the running backs on this slate, I think Ronald Jones is going to be the fourth or fifth guy that they click in this in in running backs. Like I think Ceh is going to probably be more popular. I think Devin Singletary is going to be popular. I think Leonard Fournette is going to be more popular. Then it comes down to is it Aaron Jones or is it Ronald Jones, and who are you going to play? So I think Ronald Jones is going to come in as like at the, at the very top for me, at least the way I'm looking at this slate as RB four. So I have a lot of interest in him, and I'm I'm seeing the question here from the chat. I don't really have any interest on Jamal Williams. Like he got a ton of work and he actually outproduced Aaron Jones in the red zone last week. He got five touches in the red zone versus Aaron Jones two, but you look at Aaron, at Jamal Williams is going to win. He's a grinder back. He's not going to have much involvement in the passing game. His pass game role has dried up to nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like in the last uh, five games, these two running backs have played together. Aaron Jones has 15 targets, Jamal, Jamal Williams, two grand total of two. So <laughs> a guy that like you're playing him for touchdown equity and the rushing ability, then fuck it. Why aren't we playing Ronald Jones? I'm not playing Jamal Williams. Cause that that's not a role that I want to attack and covet versus Tampa Bay. Whereas versus green Bay, you could tell yourself a story where that gets there. Um, so I got interest in Leonard Fournette, but it, uh, it's especially like in trailing or stories like I'm trying to tell myself where Tampa Bay is passing a shit ton. And can you pair him with Tom Brady? Because I think that's viable. We saw him catch a touchdown last week. I think it's viable if we think that they're trailing in that sense. So like we're talking about, am I probably going to get some exposure to Aaron Jones? Sure. Is that probably going to be on my Tom Brady teams? Yeah which I think it's viable to go Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, and then figure out what other Tampa pass catchers you want. Because in that story, you're telling yourself, Green Bay probably got up. Tampa's going to be trailing. Leonard Fournette's going to be part of the passing game. And it's really like, I keep going back to you Like, what are you trying to tell yourself with the lineups that you're building? Because uncorrelated, crazy shit, yeah, fine. That could win in a 2% outcome. But if we're playing about like how these games could possibly play out, that's really what I want to hammer on. Um, And and I like Kev's call. I really think that Darrell Williams, like he's talking about CEH, could be the key. I'm really curious about what kind of designation that CEH gets. If he comes with a questionable tag again this week, he probably does. But shit, if he doesn't, what does that do for ownership and – what kind of role could Daryl Williams still have in this backfield? Daryl Williams is really, really interesting to me. I think the two most interesting running backs for me are Ronald Jones and Daryl Williams on the slate.
3: Yeah, I think, like I said, I think Daryl Williams, if they both play and assume they're both full go, I still think Daryl Williams probably sees ten touches, and more of that could actually be pass catching work than than actually rushes. Um yeah because he's going to be the third down back like he is their trusted third yeah. down guy they've been doing that with him for a while and they trust him in you know in pass catching and run blocking or pass blocking situations and so i do think daryl williams like i said like he definitely should be in a consideration you know if you're only playing one or two lineups then you know i don't know if you want to go that route but yeah, I definitely think Daryl Williams is playing. No one's going to play him. if, if Cl- 100%. If Clyde Daryl Cl- plays, I think he probably comes in second or third
2: highest owned running back.
1: I agree. He's top three. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. top three.
2: I mean, are we sure CEH is going to get his main rollback? Yeah, I-, I think they will. That's a good question. I don't know. Because, like, I mean, he's we been out for sport? what's it been, a month?
3: <laughs> yeah. About
2: a month and a half.
3: It's been a little over a month.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, they've shown William, it's all about trust, man. They don't yeah. fucking trust Le'Veon Bell's ass. They've yeah. shown that. Bell so
2: trust. Aaron Williams. Williams looked good last week. Yeah.
3: No, for sure. That's why I said. I, like, I, think, I think he. I think like you want
2: Clyde edwards Lair to play. You want Clyde edwards Lair to not have any sort of. Um, Did they was uh? Have they been inactivating Darwin Thompson?
1: Like is he, there a, is there a role giveaway? base guy outside of week seventeen? He he's been the fourth running back on the step chart, even behind Le'Veon. No, I'm like,
2: saying is there a is there a, like a giveaway? Like if somebody were to be inactive, that it would be okay. Ceh is going to get good reps, or if like they kept like another running back up, then that we it would be a key that you know Ceh is kind of more of an emergency. Like I guess that's, oh. that's the situation I'm trying to you know figure out.
1: So so I, here, I don't, here's my whole thing. Could CH be the between the 20s guy and then Darrell Williams still get the red zone work and the passing work? Like the work that we really, really want.
3: The thing is though, the thing is though, we have to keep in mind is that the Chiefs, though, um throw the ball so much. And yeah, I mean, so, so even though like I don't think I would be shocked if Clyde Edwards Solaire end up with like 17 rushes. Like, oh, yeah, I don't think yeah, that's yeah. happening. I think he probably comes in 12. 15 at the absolute max, right? But I do think he can still get four to five targets in this game. And I still think that you could probably expect the same four to five for Daryl Williams as well. And depends on where those come. Do they come inside the red zone? I do think that they would probably trust Daryl Williams a little bit more inside the red zone. And You know, like I said, like this is a team that does a really good job of scheming, you know, the running backs in space and you know, wheel routes and all that have kind was kind of their bread and butter, especially like with Damian Williams last year. Uh, they did that a lot. I feel like that Clyde edwards Solaire is probably better suited for some of those things than Daryl Williams. Like Daryl Williams is is more than a capable pass catcher, but I don't think that he is somebody that um I don't think he's as good of a pass catcher as Claudio Soler is. So I do think hmm. Claudio Soler is still going to have a role in the passing game.
2: Yeah. I guess my concern is just we've got no clue what CEH's role is going to be in projecting that as well, yeah. yeah to
3: do. I, I don't
1: disagree with skill sets and stuff like that. Every, every,
3: everything they've said about him, it was last week that he looked great in, in practice, and it was the entire plan the entire time was to not rush him back and – to get him back for practice and then to shut him down and then get him ready for this week. That was the plan. And so far he's practiced every week. He's practiced every practice. And I think that was probably by design. So I would expect for him to be full go.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about it a lot. And as we, you know, are moving the pod along here and we get it into tight ends and defenses, just with running back here, you know, I feel like you got to treat these situations like how you would treat them, you know, normally, I know it is a two-game slate, and so a lot more avenues open up. But, like, C.E.H., he never was a really guy that excited me to play on Kansas City when they have, you know, especially all their weapons coming back with Watkins being back and if Mahomes is healthy and how they attack Buffalo, like, by throwing the ball here, like, I, I could see them, you know, n- not really needing him maybe or not really leaning on him as much, especially with Daryl Williams kind of being active there. Like, I just have never played C.E.H. or, like, with Aaron Jones, like I'd, I'd never really have played Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams into the same lineups. And I'd never really have targeted running backs against Tampa Bay. So, yeah, that could hit, but I'm still going to have lower exposure to him because of that scenario. So I think if you you know, can talk yourself into the same scenarios that you've always been targeting, um, and if you are a contrarian player, like if it doesn't matter to you that – you know, Alvin Kamara was uh, bottled up by this defense last week, and Aaron Jones is the guy there, um, then play that. You know, you're going to have to – even talk about them game. getting
1: yeah. Veya back. We hadn't even mentioned that shit either. Right.
0: No, right. Yeah, exactly, with Veya potentially coming back too. Um, but, you know, do they treat him like Aaron Donald? i Aaron like Donald. Rams. And they, they didn't play Aaron Donald on every snap because yeah. of that injury. How hard. significant is the Veya injury and how, how often is he going to be out there? Um, it's just going to be a fun two gamer, man. It's going to be, you know, interesting. And what makes it the most interesting as we, you know, shout out to everybody who's been watching along here, a hundred episode of the DJ nation podcast. We're doing the NFL DFS championship breakdown here with myself, Kev, Maddie, and the bro, Derek Brown, um, tight end this week. Um, have fun boys. It's uh Travis Kelsey again at uh 8K, but we know what we're getting with Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's wide receiver at the tight end position uh going against Buffalo. And then Robert Tanyan comes in at the second uh h- highest price uh tight end on DraftKings at 3600. You got him at 36, Gronk at 32. Cam Brate has been priced up now to 3000 with the um routes that he's been getting and then Dawson Knox and then, you know, have your Pick your poison on the other guys. Uh, really comes down, I feel like, to those guys, three K and above. How how can you not play Kelsey this week? I mean, you legit. Can. You, have can you, you, have you have to. You have to play Kelsey. Like, it does not it matter. matter. I'm mean, Kelsey. You can't. Not you play play no, and, and, and injury Kev, I mean, is the only thing that you feel like,
3: bro, like. there is like this. There, I have no evidence to back it. this up. I have nothing oh, other boy. than just in the back of my head of like you watch like Travis Kelsey goes for like four for 40 or something like that. And while that's still great because he can still outscore <laughs> all the other tight ends, but
1: that's
3: at K, <laughs> it could end up, it could end up being the difference in you know the slate. Right. So mm-hmm. I will have some, I'm definitely going to have some lineups without Travis Kelsey. It's not going to be a lot, it's just going to be some lineups without Travis Kelsey because he is definitely, he's definitely going to be the highest on guy on this entire slate. There's no doubt in my mind. 30%. He's probably going to be like 80, 80% plus um, in terms of ownership. And so it is really thin because Robert Tanyan certainly uh, has a 20 point ceiling. Uh, I, th- I think he could probably get there. And then the other guy for me that I'm going to, if I was going to play anybody, it would be Cameron Bray because um, he yeah. seems to be developing a little bit of a, a connection, and they're like, like Dibro, I believe, mentioned that they are running a lot more twelve personnel over the last couple of weeks, which is really opening things up for Cameron Bray. If you look last week, uh, Cameron Bray, I think he run three, he ran three less routes than Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. So they're utilizing him on the field, and he's getting a lot more action in terms of targets uh, from Tom Brady than what Gronk is. And while well, Gronk's certainly more involved in the and pa- in, in the red zone, um, I do think Cameron Bray if you're wanting to run like two tight ends, I think at 3K, I think he's probably the guy that I'd want to I'd want to play. I'd probably rather play him than Gronk at this point. And I'm sure that because I played Gronk the last couple of weeks that this will be the week that he scores a touchdown. But um,
0: <laughs> so for me. If not, if not two. If not two.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's, you know, like I said, like it's 100% Travis Kelsey. We don't have to really get into it. And then I think for me, it'd be Robert Tony and Cameron Brape.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, the interesting thing about Gronk too last week, and the numbers aren't going to show it um, in the box score, but he was on the field more um, when Antonio Brown was was out of the game. So I think that was pretty interesting to see that he was getting more work with Antonio being out. And if Antonio happens to miss this game um, this week, being that, you know, clear game time decision, luckily that is the first game. So we will know going into that. Um, I will want to have some exposure to Gronk and some two tight end matchups. I probably won't play Gronk over, over Kelsey, so to speak, but having them both on the same team, I could maybe talk myself into that. Uh, Maddie talking about tight end here. And I know you, you have hit on the head uh, time and time again of having that tight end, you know, kind of be, with your quarterback, right? The carry, the quarterback to get that exposure there. So while you're pl- you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, like do you have interest in, in two tight ends this week to get to Kelsey too, as you're saying, it's hard to fade him as well. Or what are you doing with the tight end position?
2: Yeah. So the reason I like pairing my tight end with my quarterback is because usually if the quarterback hits his ceiling, he's throwing for four touchdowns and who usually scores touchdowns. It's usually the tight end. So there's usually a correlation with touchdowns there. And that's usually why uh, the tight ends are on the optimal teams with the quarterbacks that smash. Uh, And, and people don't want to play the random tight ends like the Darren Fells with Deshaun Watson type, like, like they don't want to do that because it's gross. But uh, at the end of the game, when Watson has four or five touchdowns uh, and Fells catches one or two, like that's optimal because of how cheap they are. So, uh, yeah. Uh, on Rogers' teams, you have to have interest in Tanyan. I mean, the the guy's been a touchdown machine all year. I think he has he has more touchdowns than uh incompletions uh thrown to him. So uh, the guy is a machine. Uh, Rogers trusts him. Rogers is one of the he's one of the more uh trusty guys out there. The guy that he, he trusts his guys more than than other quarterbacks in the league. So um, yeah, I, I like Tanyan. and. Maybe Derek has already dug into this, but I'm curious if the 12 personnel for Tampa Bay spiked the last two weeks because of who they were playing. Uh, You've got Washington with a nasty front seven and New Orleans with a nasty front seven. And Gronk was not being utilized in those games because he was staying in the block to keep Tom Brady off of his ass. Maddie's nailing it right on the head. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, I
3: would argue with that, though. I would argue with that, though. If you look over the last four or five, six games, that Green Bay's pressure rate has gone way up, and they've done a much better job of getting to the quarterback as well. It's not like they're not, they're not, I'm not saying they're the Rams uh, in terms of pressure rate, but they have, their, their pressure rate has certainly improved. Over the last about month, month and a half of the season as well. So it's
0: improved. No but the context of that
3: too
1: is because because it was total dog shit to begin this season too. They you, were have to,
3: you have to, you have to, because if Tom Brady, if, if they're able to get pressure on Tom Brady, it's a fucking wrap for the Bucks. Oh yeah, right. Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's, in a Brady's shit so awful
2: under pressure. <laughs> right, and, and so I offense.
3: think that if
2: they're able to do that, that I so anyways, that's all I was going to say.
3: Keep going. Yeah, so
2: <laughs> I, I guess my my argument. No, I'm. I mean, that's a valid point. Um, but I just. The Green Bay front doesn't really scare me like Washington and New Orleans fronts do. And yep. I think Bruce Arians recognize that. Um, and that's why we've seen a spike in Brayton's usage over the last couple of weeks because, you know, he wanted to keep Gronk in uh, and felt like his mismatches were against linebackers still down the field. And Gronk's a better pass blocker or blocker in general than Brayton is. Uh, and Brayton's a very serviceable pass catcher. So uh, I think, you know, this may be a game they shift more 11 personnel. Um, which in that case, you know, Scotty Miller has played a lot on the outside. Like, we think of this little tiny little white, little, tiny, little white dude like Julian Edelman is going to play this <laughs> lot. But it's actually, it's actually been Tyler Johnson when it's not Chris Godwin. Julian um,
1: Edelman wish he had that man's legs.
2: Yeah. So, if, if, if AB is banged up at all, I think you could see some Tyler Johnson making, mixed into the slot because I do think they run more 11 personnel this week because of the matchup. Um, and, and for that reason, too, like I think Gronk is well, – you can go back to the Gronk well here. Um, I, I think it was Derek – it was either Derek or Kev mentioned that when they get down to the red zone, it's literally two guys. It's it's Evans and Gronk. Like those two guys have over 20 red zone targets, uh, and the next highest on the team is nine. So it's it's definitely a two-man show. Uh, Everybody's going to see Gronk's last couple games, and they're not going to play him. But, um, yeah, it, on Brady teams, absolutely, you can anchor Gronk to your Brady to your Brady stacks. I'm good with that. Um, But yeah, it's it's really hard to not play Travis Kelsey just because of the gap between him. Like it's it could be 20 points like he could score 35 and the next highest could be below 15. So um, that gap is significant. But he has had games this year where he scored under 10 points. So uh, that outcome is definitely plausible as well.
0: Yeah. And, and Derek, as we toss it to you, man, because I, I think that the three of us are kind of in agreement, it is hard to kind of fade Kelsey there. But I, I I to Kev's point, though, too, you know, on a, on a two-game slate, I think you have to ask yourself, you know, especially as we talk about, and you're playing both of them, Derek, it sounds like, or at this point, you're trying to build teams with both Hill and Kelsey. But I think it does, you know, have some merit because the best uh, tight ends other than Kelsey are in that first game right so if you do have an Aaron Rodgers teams and you're playing you know Tanya and you have like Kelsey and your choices between Kelsey or Hill in the flex like to go Hill instead and just hope that you get like yeah. a nuclear game from Hill when Kelsey's ownership is going to be crazy or the same thing for Gronk if you're playing Gronk or Brady, and you have that Brady team that has again that one Chiefs mega guy in the flex like to go to them or, or possibly to step on digs. If that's how you're feeling too, like just to not just to look at those teams. And the thing that I like in 20 max and Kev talks about this in showdowns is making teams that are kind of similar, but, uh, they have like one or two things that are different with them to get mm-hmm. that exposure to get first. And I like doing that just in the 20 max in general, you know, building teams that have multiple teams that have Kelsey in the lineup, but maybe I have a Tanyan team, a break team, a Gronk team at the tight end position. And then I can make, you know, multiple options there um, to move uh, Kelsey to play Hill. Um, but I'm curious to see where you're at D with the tight end position in general this week.
1: I mean, dude, I love Kelsey. Um, if I'm running three max, I'm probably running him on all three of my teams, if not two of my teams. The the part that Maddie's talking about anchoring your tight end to your quarterback and stuff, the part on on a, on a, a two-gamer that I really want to bring up here is that I think two tight end is extremely viable. I think where all the price points are for all these damn tight ends, they're all sub-four. So we're looking at, like, value on a slate and sub 4k guys what are your expectations out of those guys 12 points 10 points and you're like let's go like let's go like i'm fine with that so you're looking at these tight ends they catch a touchdown the way that i want to attack tight end is i want to play kelsey i'm playing all the fucking kelsey don't give a shit like that's my other (laughs) wide receiver if i want to play two wide receivers and Kelsey, I'm counting as my third wide receiver, they could possibly get like 45 freaking targets. Then you go Digs, you go Adams, and you go Kelsey. Or you go two of those other wide receivers and you pair them with Kelsey. That trio has the ability to get 40 to 45 targets on this slate. The part that I want to bring up these other tight ends is where Maddie is talking about anchoring those to your quarterback that's easy as shit if you run two tight ends and you put this other guy in the flex and you look at Kelsey as a wide receiver Bingo. and you are on your Rodgers teams. Here's Tanya on my Allen team. Here's Dawson Knox. Bingo. We haven't talked about yet. Kansas city struggles against short passing. They struggled against tight ends religiously over the last two to three years. Dawson Knox's routes were drop back or going up. I'm not playing them on any teams that are not Josh Allen, But on my Josh Allen teams, like, yes, if I'm playing Rodgers, give me some Tanya. If I'm playing Brady, give me some Gronk. If I'm playing Josh Allen, give me some uh, Dawson Knox. That is where I want to go with this slate. I want to run two tight end. If I'm not going to go with a super cheap wide receiver, like playing Dawson Knox versus Isaiah McKenzie as a super cheap piece with Josh Allen is crazy interesting to me this week. And it's probably going to give me some diarrhea because I'm going to stress over it all the way up to fucking lock. But, like, that's where I really want to go. I went too tight in on on slates before that. I really think it's viable here because you're not going to find many guys that are sub 4K that have the same type of floor and ceiling combination and getting you – 10 to 15 points at sub 4K as any one of these tight ends, considering all their red zone roles. So yeah, give me the tight two tight two tight end builds. I'm gonna play all the fucking Travis Kelsey and I'm gonna stack the other tight ends with whatever quarterback that I'm playing. If I'm playing Mahomes, then fine play Kelsey and go with wide receiver from another damn game. I'm not going two tight end on that build, but every other one of them. Fuck yes, let's go! I love it. I,
3: I yeah. do. I do agree a lot. I think that was a really good point that Ryan made that brought up about you know maybe uh, late swapping your uh, Kelsey to Hill because um, yeah, I do I like think that. that is a smart move, especially for teams that maybe you hit on a few pieces and you don't feel great about that team and you're looking to capture upside because I definitely think in terms of ceiling, I think Tyree Kill certainly has the high, higher ceiling between the two of them and they're going to be lower owned. So I do think that was a really good point to go back and kind of look at a uh, review your. Teams that you have um after that first game and kind of see where you stand and maybe making some late swaps from kelsey to hill i do think that's a really a uh, nice move
0: yeah and, and, and it's one thing that just nobody does and i mean and I, i'm guilty of that too and we're i'm sitting there for,
1: like, yes you are playing for first boys <laughs> exactly what you're we're playing, playing, what playing
0: for first you're playing for first and you're looking at your teams and like you know how many people are going to say i don't want to play kelsey as well too or i i don't not want to have Kelsey on my team. So if they are playing a tight end, as Derek's saying, the chances are is they got Kelsey in that flex position, even if they are maybe playing Kelsey and Tyree Kill as well, too, with Patrick Mahomes. But to just have teams that just have hill on them without Kelsey, you're going to be, you know, so contrarian already. Um, that if you hit on those earlier pieces, it, it might be the difference of, of taking first and not splitting that potentially with somebody else um, and leaving more money on the table potentially too um, as he's cheaper. Well, because um, if
1: you went Rodgers and Tunyon at the beginning of the game and they both smash and like you went Rodgers, Tunyon, Adams or you went Brady, Evans, Godwin and Gronk and that smashed mm-hmm. and you're looking at walking into the second game and you're like, Okay, who's going to be the higher-owned guy? I'm in 15th place, 20th place. What are the combinations of guys that are above me? Okay, here's the 2v2s. Here's the salaries. What are we looking at for ownerships? We're playing for freaking first. At 15th or 20th place, you know you're cashing. That doesn't fucking matter. What matters is you (laughs) want to go to first and you're playing ownership. So who are these other schmoes now playing? And who's possibly how much salary they got left? Those are the things, if you're talking about a sweat, you got to be looking at walking into that second game.
0: Right. And if you're playing 20 max and you're afraid of, you know, oh, I missed out on having the team, quote unquote, just build the same team. I mean, at that, you know, if you get in this 20 max $1, you know, or the 20 max $2, and just say, you know, okay, I got $4 invested in two teams that are different. But if that team ends up in, you know, first. I feel really good about and that. Saw
1: all my entries for the yeah. entire tournament doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. So it's all, it's, it's always fun. It's and like you said, uh, a lot of you guys have said this week, it's all about strategy, not necessarily about, um, you know, plays, especially when we're talking about tournaments, you, cause, you know, Fuck, fuck cash this week, as Dick said. Fuck cash. <laughs> uh, Let's talk <laughs> about Cash on a two gamer. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No. Let's let's uh, let's get into defense here as we get ready to to wrap up the pod. And I know this is always the the fun treat that everybody loves talking about. Um, as we, you know, got four defenses to choose from, you got to pick one. <laughs> um, so uh, I do like getting to Tampa Bay at, at twenty seven hundred, um, just because they are the cheapest. I mean, I, you know, what do you, what do you what are we talking about here? Like. Um, who can get a defensive touchdown, like who can, you know, who's going to get, I guess the Chiefs are interesting because the Buffalo passes so much, like the, they're at Arrowhead, like can we get a special teams touchdown after them? Josh Allen's going to have to throw a ton, like can the Honey Badger get one or one of these other guys in the secondary? Like sure, so I mean they're $3,100, they are still $500 cheaper than Green Bay, but um, you know, Maddie, I'll toss it to you because you're always the one that that talks about defense and just, you know, last, last Last one in, that's kind of where it goes. Um, how you feeling this week about defense? Yeah, usually for me,
2: it is last last guy in uh, is my defense. But, I mean, they're all priced pretty much the same other than the Packers. Uh, right. I'm with you. I like the Chiefs just because of how much Buffalo is going to throw. And it hasn't really mattered all year uh, playing road games because there hasn't been fans. But now they're starting to lit fans back in the stadiums. And we saw both Lambeau and Arrowhead had fans last weekend. So – um, that is a big deal uh, heading into Arrowhead with fans there. So, yeah, I the, if I was picking one, the Chiefs would be my top one. And then Green Bay would be my number two because they're at home as well. And we know Brady's going to throw a ton. And if Brady gets under pressure at all, uh, he's he's got issues under pressure. Um, I mean, I don't really see a need to play the Bucs uh, against Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to turn the ball over at home. And their defense just isn't very good in general. But I'd be I'd be okay with the Bills if you need the the 300 in salary. They're, they're fine. I don't like playing guys against Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but it's defense. And, and like you guys said, maybe maybe you've got McKenzie uh, on your team and he returns a punt and you get a double dip. Uh, well, you could, touchdown you, or something you could do
3: the like same that. thing with the Chiefs too with McCall Hardman because he returns a yeah, punt. True. Puns. So, uh, he sure. so uh, I'm right with you, Packers and Chiefs.
1: Uh log out. D, how you feeling? Chiefs are number one. Um, if I'm going for the savings, I I, I get the argument for the Packers and playing both home teams. Um it's probably Packers and Buccaneers for me, um, if I need the money. Um only because I want defenses that can pressure. Green Bay has been better. But like I said, like they started off the, the year, they were bottom five in pressure rate. So at that point, you got nowhere to go but up unless you're going to stay sucking ass all year. So, you know, <laughs> there's that. But really, it's Chiefs. It's um, I want to prioritize um, trying to get to if it's a second and you're like, look, ah, I can't fit anybody else. I think the Buccaneers make some sense. Um, Their secondary has been – has some definite cracks in the pavement. They can pressure. Um, Again, I think they're going to be more of the more contrarian, and I think if people are going to play defenses, I think the Buccaneers are probably going to be the lowest on of the four um, considering the Bills just went for a freaking defensive touchdown um, last week. Um, So, yeah, I think it's Chiefs and it's probably Buccaneers, and that's that's probably where I'm going to go. I I just in the way that builds are kind of taking me, I have a really, really hard time, um, at least right now, getting to any Packers.
0: Yeah, Packers at $3,600, $900
1: more than Tampa Bay. You know, you can do
0: a lot with that that salary, um, so to speak, especially at the running back position, um, too, the way those guys are priced. So, um, could could make a little bit of a difference there, and they are the highest price, so that makes it tough. Um, They've probably us some ownership there, too, but uh, that is going to do it for the 100th episode, or at least the breakdown of the slate of the 100th episode. You know, shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us. Alden Rovers, I see you there in the chat, man. Appreciate that super chat for the advice all year. And you know, shout out to Reggie Wilson also in the chat of sell me why I should listen to you guys. Well, Reggie, you know, there's not I'm not really gonna try and sell you. You're obviously here, we appreciate that. Um, but you know, man, uh, we just are genuine. I mean, we've been doing hundred episodes of this. Um, I I talk about it a lot. I mean, Kevin and I have butted heads so much over the years, whether it's been on the TFA show or the DJ Nation show. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I love you know being here at TFA. And I know the rest of the guys too. Just just because how it's been treated. I mean, we come on here, we shoot the shit. We don't try and you know sell you on too much of the the boring kind of analytics type of stuff. But it always is fun having Derek on because you dive in a lot more than I do, my man. So
1: you know we do like. Dude, to you're giving the nice answer here. That the real answer is listen, <laughs> don't listen. If you want to like go back and fact check like previous episodes, these dudes are sharp as shit. And you're going to hear a shit ton more hits than misses. So, go—the proof is in the pudding. Go back to listen to other episodes. Go compare slates. These guys know what the hell they're talking about. That's why you listen. Ryan can't you, say that because he's trying to be the amicable host. I can come in here and and, and wreck some shit. Well, got, so that, that's where we're at. I got, to, I got to stick on brand with my monologue. Like I, I know you're too, trying. That.
0: <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh, no, but yeah, and we appreciate you going back to listen too. I mean get them get them ratings up, get them likes up, get the get the views up. We we always appreciate people going back to listen to uh to uh the YouTube channel or to the pod. So and we'll be you know, we're gonna be back. We're we're we hopefully and sh you know, everybody who's here, Matty had this question um, earlier uh, that he wanted us to ask, you know, tell us what we can do better. Tell us what you want to see with the show, what we can improve on. I mean, it's it's been great this year uh, for TFA to have all of the video elements that are coming out. We've really killed it with the YouTube channel. Shout out to all of our subscribers who have been there. Uh, 1K plus um, subscribers over the year. We have really done nothing before this year on the YouTube channel. Um, you know, been utilizing StreamYard. That's been a help um, for us and all of our avenues um, for the podcast and for the videos that we put out uh throughout the platform so you know we're always trying to add in new elements and we'll probably have one next year for the 2021 season so stay tuned for that um and it's been fun but we can't do the 100 show without you know talking about best memories best moments on the show i mean my goodness we there are so many how can we break down one i actually i actually have two um and one is gonna talk about one of the original one of the original members of the show shout out to elliot christ um you know Kevin and, have, Kevin and i have joked about this time and time again you know couldn't do a show because of uh deshaun watson injuring his acl i mean that was one of my <laughs> most memorable moments i think kev that was the first time i would seen kev like absolutely flabbergasted about something that somebody said like thinking that he was joking and then we show up to do the show and lo and behold that that's how it went so uh we still we still had fun with that and then uh the second one's got to be the mike davis from this year uh yeah. at 4k i mean that was some epic stuff that we had on the pod probably 20 25 minutes of talking about whether or not mike davis was a good play at 4k and he goes out and gets like eight DraftKings points or whatever um at 4k though um but it was still fun it's still you're able to catch that week if you played them so that's fun but uh yeah man uh kev t- talk to the people man what, what's your, one of your favorite or what's one or some of your favorite moments of the 100 episodes
3: so I got two things. One, the first one I'll say is probably either Dan Arnold week uh, was definitely yes. amazing. Yes. The way that, yep. that all happened and transpired and I was just kind of talking it through and then finally like, fuck it, it's Dan Arnold week. We're doing it. And then Ryan being like, no, I'm playing Josh Hill. And Josh uh,
0: Hill, that motherfucker.
3: And then also, in the same light of tight ends, uh, Tyler Croft week was also uh, awesome oh, because yeah. I was all about the Tyler Croft life yeah. um, that week that he they were playing the Browns. And he went out and uh, he was like less than 1% owned on that slate. And I remember hearing other podcasts like laughing. I'm like, oh my God, anybody who tells you to play Tyler Croft's a fucking moron is an idiot. Don't play Tyler Croft. Then he goes out and just fucking drops like 20, 25 fucking DK points on the fucking Browns' head. So. <laughs> That was like, drop my fucking nuts on the table, bitches, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, like, <laughs> those moments are great. But what I will say is, at the end of the day, I think what I enjoy the most is just, you know, meeting up with y'all every single week, sh- shooting the shit, bullshitting. You know, I know I talk a lot of shit. I tell you guys, you guys are idiots all the time. But at the end of the day, you guys, you guys are fam, and it's been awesome the last couple of years doing this every single week. I look forward to it. it's one of my most uh, things I look forward to the most. So I do appreciate having you guys here, Derek. You know, you're you might not be TFA, but you're part of the fam anyways. So uh, you're like our cousin, and uh, yeah. you just, you know, <laughs> so I appreciate everybody and all the work you guys have done. And you guys have all made me a better DFS player as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We've yeah. we've had, we've yeah, had a lot of mutual there. A lot of lot of hits on the show. So that's been fun. Shout out to TN in the chat. One of his favorite moments was hearing Kev's disdain for turkey stuffing um, (laughs) on the Thanksgiving show that always goes crazy. Uh, So that's all. That is definitely a a good one there. Uh, Matty, talk to the people, man. Favorite moments or moment from uh, the 100 episodes?
2: Yeah, Kev picked one of mine, the Dan Arnold week. I I was going to say I wasn't gonna mention Dan Arnold specifically but that was awesome how that kind of came to fruition while we were on show we were you know we were just like who is this guy that kev is mentioning let's go see his routes let's go see his air yards wait why is he getting 15 yards air yards a Target and then we're starting to dig in more and more, and we're like, "Oh my god, this guy's going to play a ton." And this guy's like downfield getting it's the used moment out. when Ariard's Arnold Ariard's yeah, A.R. A.R. Arnold A.R. was A.R. born A.R. that week. Yeah. Yes. So, but so my first one was going to be, you know, the Thanksgiving slates in general uh, when we all get us four and and then Ben. Um, I mean, I don't know a group of five guys who can turn a three game slate. Well, we did it again tonight, but turn a two or three game <laughs> slate into a two and a half hour podcast. Um, so it's, it really is a special group. Um, there's never really like a dull moment where we're just like, Oh, I like this guy. And I like, there really is a lot of back and forth conversation. So uh, the the Thanksgiving slate pods and any, anytime we can get together as a group is, is really something special. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of the industry doesn't have cause they're on time crunches and and want to, you know, really crank out and get to down to the meat and potatoes. But um, and then the other thing, it's fitting that Josh Allen's in the AFC championship this week. Uh, do you guys remember when Josh Allen was making his starting debut, which podcast was recommending him to play him in cash? His first, very oh first NFL start. That was us. We were sitting here saying <laughs> play Josh Allen in cash. Well, I think it was me and Ryan and Kev was like, yeah, oh, yeah. idiots. Um, <laughs> and then I know there was also other people in the industry. I won't, I'm not going to name names, but uh, they were like, they caught wind that we were saying play Josh Allen and cash. And they were trying to figure out what our usernames were to send us all head to heads. And now jokes on them that Allen is in the fucking MVP race. We were were sitting there. We broke down Josh Allen's, uh, his rush attempts per game his yards, his yards rushing. We were like, this kid doesn't have to do much through the air. Like he can, he's a Konami code. And he was like 4,500 and he's going to run the ball a ton. So I think that week he scored like 13 oh, or 14 right. points. It wasn't crazy, but then he smashed the next week and we were just like, damn, we were a week early. So I I think it's just fitting the hundredth episode falls on a uh, Josh Allen in the AFC championship because we were the first podcast to tout Josh Allen. So
0: Amen. And and now he's everybody's darling. That's so, right. Uh, we t- were first. Take, take it we've for got, what it's worth. We've got the tapes. We've got the receipts. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, D-Bro, you're the guest, man. Uh, oh, but you, you've man. been the guest time and time again on, on this show. So I, I'm definitely sure you can come up with, with one. Maybe it's, you know, the fact that you got uh, Kev to bet on the Jets because uh, that's, <laughs> <I'm
1: getting laughs> that's definitely an
0: honorable mention.
1: That was going to be top two, man. Get, <laughs> get to talk Kev and peer pressure his ass into betting, putting a real faith and belief because he got backed into a fucking corner on the Jets, was absolutely top two for me. Um, Number one still stands for me. We're talking about playoffs, and we're talking about running this back. Obviously, here we are in the playoffs again, talking football and plays. The time where, Kevin, I was like, man, you know what? This is a really good spot, man. This is safe space. We can just cut loose and say whatever the hell we want. Whenever Maddie and I were talking about fading Michael Thomas and Kev just looked at me straight and he was like, y'all are fucking idiots. <laughs> that was one of the best times on this show ever. And I will never forget that, man. Um, I mean, I, I talked to y'all on DMs. Maddie knows it specifically. I almost missed this show and I went to the freaking doctor, got on meds and stuff like that, fighting all kinds of bronchitis and shit. So I could have a voice to get on here. I was not going to miss this hundredth episode It is a fantastic thing when you could possibly get like-minded people in this industry that you consider extremely sharp and that are your friends that you consider and chop it up anytime. And I really, really value y'all's opinions. I've loved every single time I've ever had a chance to come on this show. I thank y'all. This is one of the first DFS shows whenever I got into doing DFS like that, I came on and it has been fantastic. So Thank you all for having me for the 100th, man. I mean, this has been yeah, man, damn awesome. I never turn down. It does not matter if I'm sick. It does not matter if I'm out of town. It doesn't matter if I'm like running off of, of damn two hours of sleep. I will never turn down an opportunity to get here and talk football with you guys. It is fantastic, man. I, I love all the interaction. I love all the fact that it's genuine. The things that you get at here that you don't get a lot of a lot of other podcasts that I, I pride myself on what we do on my podcast is the ability to go back and forth and being able to call somebody a fucking idiot and being like, look, like, like you need that back and forth, man. Everybody's so damn worried about hugging each other on a freaking podcast. Forget that shit, man. Like yeah. you got opinions and you do the research. Push back on somebody. Because the fact of it is, is that if you are worried about these things in your lineups and your process for the week, everybody and their mama's worried about it too. And people need to hear other sides of the coin. You ain't got to be nice. Say it how it is. Talk about your process. Talk about your plays. Because that's what makes all of us and everybody else that tunes into it a better DFS and fantasy player. And that's what I love about it, man.
2: Yeah, there, man. I want. I want to say too. What was the? Do you remember the one week you're talking about? Uh, just coming on and being welcome here. What was the week we were in the middle of a podcast and Kev just dropped you the link and you just showed up in the middle?
0: That was that was a
1: good. One. Oh my god, that was funny as hell because man, I He was, when I came yeah, on, that was, was like, "Whoa!" dude <laughs> got <laughs> knocked out of his chair, man. Yeah. One hundred views at all.
2: That was a nice surprise. That was funny.
3: I I will say that that's usually how you know. uh, I guess if I if I think you're uh, good or not because that's how Ryan's first ever ever podcast. I'm like I we had never talked and he had never been on a podcast. Like he just started with us and he comes on the pod and like immediately within five minutes I told him he's a fucking idiot. (laughs) <laughs> like
0: like, it, like and, and what was that over, Cam? What was yeah, over? and the
3: worst part is for me though is that it was. It actually it was about uh, he was talking about. It was the year after. Remember the Devontae Adams? We had twenty targets like like two receptions. Fucking looked mm-hmm. terrible. Tone and of he up. was like, and so it was it was the, a pod right before the season started, and. Ryan was like, "Hey, you know my sleeper this year is Devonte Adams," and immediately out of his mouth, because like, <laughs> "I was like, I was like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Where Devonte Adams is not the fucking guy. Don't fucking pick up or play Devonte Adams." And man, real quick, I was, I had to be like, "All right," so he was <laughs> right.
0: All right yeah. so like, like, yeah. that's, that's how I, that's how I was able to start hosting this shit real quick Kevin was like yo hey alright so you got this Devontae Adams call so that's gonna carry you for a little bit but you gonna need some other calls and I said Josh Hill and he was like nah you can't be happy Josh, I think
3: in that you. same show though he also hyped Mike Lennon so like it, there was some give and take
0: like oh, he, god, was, he was probably. loving oh
1: Mike my god
0: yeah stay true stay true no man we've we it, it's been fun man We had we've had some fun and we appreciate I mean look we still got viewers in here man and you know I will say that i you know I listen to podcasts too uh, all around and we have some of the most loyal. Uh, listenership, listener base um, that we have. If anybody can rock with us for two hours and we say some dumbass shit, but uh, you know, we stay true to to what we do. We never change it up. We do the same type of same type of format. We talk about the same type of plays. We talk about our what works for us. What do, you know, if we have mistakes, we own up to it uh, and admit it right here on the show the very next week. So, uh, and we also you know play guys that we talk about. I mean, a lot of people don't do that. Um, they they say one thing and then they do another and now obviously we talk about all the time with news and late slates and last week even with Traquan Swift okay we were going to play Traquan because he was active but if some reason they rule him inactive or whatever we'll we'll tweet out um different uh show team or anything like that so i do just like how genuine uh that we do and how we have fun so appreciate everybody for rocking with us for this season we're going to be back next year for 2021 bigger and better things and uh you know more smack talk and and more wins to come but the show's not over um we let's get into this uh this build actually before we get the build i want to shout out to uh last fish in the pond here i'm going to throw him up here watching on the the twitch stream we appreciate you man he wants to uh ask us about our super bowl picks um I know I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot, so I'm gonna do mine first. I, I got Chiefs in Tampa. Um, I actually was talking smack on Tampa. I think it was like week four, week five, uh, before the like right before the Green Bay game, talking about man, anybody who's holding those future Tampa tickets and gonna be excited about Tampa hosting the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, they they're idiots. Uh, well, then you know around Thanksgiving when it was looking like they could make the playoffs, uh, I had to get some future bets on, on Tampa Bay playing in the Super Bowl. So. Uh, you know, my my money wants wants Tampa Bay to be in there. So I'm gonna pick them here. Uh, I do think that Packers and Chiefs would be pretty exciting to to see too. So uh, but gotta go with what I have money on Chiefs and Tampa for me. Uh Maddie, what say you for the Super Bowl picks, man? How are you feeling? I'm gonna go chalky
2: with the matchup, but not chalky with the winner. I'm gonna go Kansas City, Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers brings it home. There's there's two things I don't bet against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Uh, it's crazy because they're each playing play, playing against each other this week, but yeah, I I'm I am Rogers is a bad man and he is out on a mission this year. He threw fifty touchdowns. I just I just think he's gonna bring it home. So, uh, yeah, Green Bay over Kansas yep. City. for me.
1: Well, you might like get an idiot out of Kevin on that one. I'm gonna defer this to Kev on that. I hate this. I don't like. I don't like.
3: I don't like picking because then I feel like I'm jinxing. I'm going to jinx the Chiefs. Uh, oh if,
0: god, yeah. With your team, but, it, uh, I know.
3: But for the for for the brand, I guess, and for the people, you know, I've avoided this, you know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chiefs and Packers and. Uh, we're running it back, motherfuckers, and we're going for the three-peat <laughs> next year. So, I'm gonna go Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs,
0: take it all. You're already throwing in the three-peat, man. You gotta get two first, gotta get two. Not one, uh,
3: not two, not three, not four, not five. <laughs>
0: oh, man. Hey, t- t- hey, I'm just letting everybody know right now, Kev is gonna be unbearable on Twitter all offseason. Oh, uh, God. If, Red, if Red's hosting that Lombardi, just letting y'all know they got a mute button on Twitter for a reason, so y'all might want to be using it because he' gonna be on there. Starts in February,
1: <laughs> but I, unfortunately, I'm with Kevin on this one. I think it's uh, Chiefs and Packers. I think Chiefs gonna take it home.
0: Yeah. All right. Fair. Fair Chalk enough. Donkeys. So- hopefully hopefully you're still in here uh last fish in the pond man we appreciate you shout out to you for that for that question because that is one we want to get to all right fellas let's uh let's get to this build man it's going to be the last uh last draft build of the season so we definitely got to make this one count and uh shout out to Derek being here man so Derek, you're the guest why don't you let us know how we building this team man how we building this lineup
1: all right i i i've sung the praises i've talked about it all freaking show and started with mike evans
0: Let's go. I like it, uh, Maddie. You got next. What you want?
1: Uh, well, if we're getting weird, going
2: for first, let's just pair him with Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, baby.
0: Kev, go. go. Give me Tyreek. Oh shit. Uh, interessante Let's go. MVS wide receiver. So we got Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Tyreek Kill. MVS. Uh, our four. Okay. People, 5,400 left. Running back uh, positions open. Tight ends open. Flexes open. Defense.
1: Uh, I want to do it, but I don't know if I want to do it. Um,
0: D, because it's non-spots and you went first, you have two picks too, just so
1: you know. So, All right. Let me see. Let me work something real real fast. See how this works. You the go. way
3: that you guys have this built, would it be easier if, if we if we switched off Tyreek and went to Kelsey? Hold up here.
1: Hold up. Let me see something here.
0: He he he's he's messing around with the lineup. Uh, uh, he has I'm a, gonna
1: go. go I get two back to backs. Let's go, help Kelsey, and, and Gronk in the flex. So we're swapping out Hill. No, we're keeping Hill. You can make it work. You can make it work. Gives us 5200 for the last three, two running backs in D. Oh, that's right. Never mind.
3: Okay. I forgot. I did that myself. <laughs> I had Devontae Adams. <laughs>
1: I had
2: Devonte Adams already.
3: I mean, in.
1: I, I, I've shit-talked enough about Mike Evans and talk about two tight ends, man. Um, that's, yeah. All
2: right, so I've got guys plugged in, too, on my end. Ryan, can you read me what we got? <laughs> yeah,
1: so we got, we got
0: Brady, running backs <laughs> wide open, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Valdez-Scantling, Grocket at tight end. I actually put Kelsey in the flex because he's in okay. the later game. Uh, yep. And then defense is open. Okay, so run, right. running backs and defense are open.
2: Running back is no longer wide open. Put Aaron Jones in there. All righty. So another running back in the defense. 46 per.
0: Yep. And it's, uh, yeah, me and you, Kev. So
1: whichever one you take, I'll go. You can play
2: any running back you want.
1: I mean, you could just go full game stack in this, baby. You
2: could. I keep, I keep locking in
3: Devontae Adams, and I'm like, oh, never mind.
1: Ryan, I like your point
2: of if you're not if you don't have Adams, Aaron Jones makes a ton of sense, and vice versa. Adams yeah, doesn't I'd,
1: get there. Who gets there? Yep. Yeah.
2: Well, give me uh give. Me, I, I'm going to go Clyde over to Lair. Cool. Twelve hundred left on the board. Well, if you play the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I think uh, this this makes sense here. It's you could play Green Bay, but why are you playing them against Tom Brady? I I don't really see that coming to fruition. Right. But um, we got we got 3,100 Chiefs in there, 1,200 left on the board. I mean, talk about GPP. This is in the NFL 75K huddle, single entry $5 on DraftKings, submitting that in with Tom Brady at quarterback, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Aaron Jones at the running backs, Mike Evans, uh, Tyree Kill, Valdis Scantling, Gronk, Kelsey, Chiefs D fading the Buffalo uh, for, for you, Kev, I guess, fading Buffalo on this roster. Submit that in, and that's going to put a, a bow. Uh, on the season and on the 100th episode on the DGN Nation NFL DFS championship breakdown. Fellas, you guys got any last words for the people? I like that that's team. What...
1: That was pretty sexy. Let's get it. Let's get it.
3: <laughs> <after laughs> no, it. I, I, I think we should come back uh, You know, the week of the Super Bowl and uh, do a showdown slate for the Super Bowl. I'm um, game. Okay.
0: Let's go. Yeah. All right. God Godfather has spoken. The season is not over. We'll do a Child showdown. please. AK, now don't don't back out if the Chiefs aren't in it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no. Don't back out now. We don't we don't need the situation. <laughs> no, it probably will even be easier for you to build a showdown, maybe uh if uh, once you get over the you got two weeks to get over the to get over that if it happens. But uh, but yeah, sounds like a lot of us feel like the Chiefs are gonna do it this week. Uh, but that's gonna do it for the hundredth episode here of the uh, DJ Nation podcast. That's gonna do it for the NFL DFS Championship breakdown. Shout out to Derek Brown joining us at dbro underscore FFB. B is where you can find him on Twitter if you aren't following him already you're making a mistake go there and do so uh, and for the rest of us here of the d Nation family Maddie 2v2 Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter the godfather there himself child please at fantasy 13 is where you can find him on Twitter and myself Ryan Williams at Ryan Alexander underscore W um, is where you can find me on Twitter we will catch you guys. oh the monologue the monologue man Ryan Williams, yes. aka the Monologue Man, There we go. The underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. We wouldn't we wouldn't reach 211 without the monologue, so uh, definitely definitely have to throw that in there. Uh, that's it for Championship uh, Weekend, but we are going to see you guys for the showdown slate there going into the Super Bowl one hundred and one episode. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be right if we didn't get a get didn't get Super Bowl love and on the show. So we will catch you guys back in two weeks, but until then, have fun and get this money. Peace.
1: You think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? When you better get you to the way the war about. I see what you got. Adventures and outfits. But that's a great boy. Yeah. That's a great
2: little man.